<laughs> wow, no I, I actually wrote down the 2002 awards at the title screen. I wrote uh, down two. It doesn't feel like 2022. Does it feel like 2022 to it anybody? It should not feel like 2002. I can tell you that much, man. Oh man, I do remember how that felt. Yeah, I was. Uh, that was 20 years. 20 years ago. 20 years ago, I was rushing the frat this week. How about that? Times fly. How about 20 that? years ago? I was just about to turn 14. You're an old person. Can you move the mic closer to you, David? Just, just congratulations to Toboware for being so young. Twenty twenty two. We've made it to season number eleven. Season eleven of the Tuesday Show. I don't even. That's so. Dude, hey, I don't. How? How did? I don't how did? Say about that. How did that even happen, dude? Oh, Mark, man. Thing, just being like, hey, we'll be here for a little while. I don't know how long this will last. We didn't make any long term plans. Let's just hang out once a week or two. Shout outs to Mark Man in the chat, by the way. Happy New Year to Mark Man. Well, first time host, long time fan. I've been here since season one. Mm -hmm. Been great. Mm -hmm. Enjoyed it. But I got to say, the last couple of seasons have been the best. I mean, (laughs) fair enough. All right. Uh, Oh, that's true. I should have wrote it was the 2021 awards, not the freaking 2022 awards. Dude, I can't do anything. What a start to this. Listen, man, time is a social construct and it doesn't matter anymore. (laughs) Seriously, dude. I I don't even know what the heck is going on. Here's what's going on tonight we're going to be doing the Ultra Gen TV Tuesday show. Ultra Chen Year Awards. <laughs> all right, we're ready for this. We're all here. Look, we're professionals here, ladies and gentlemen. We are all ready. We are obviously, we've got our break for the past few weeks, and that obviously allowed us to recharge and be hype and we're ready on for the- We're on our A game. <laughs> all right, as you know, uh, James, can you put up that little pic? The, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah of the Google Drive doc uh, that will have all the categories on it. Yes. You can see, as well as hear me listen to you. Boop. Man, there we a go. rough start. Uh, what we're actually gonna be talking about today. <laughs> Here's a little look. Here's a little look for you. So, hey, look, I doing... actually got this thing up without having it explode. That's pretty nice good. Good job, nice James. Job. <sighs> we'll remember that for the 2022 awards. I mean, <laughs> considering considering how this show's been starting so far, that's pretty much the accomplishment okay. right here. Newcomer Worst of the, the year. year, event of the year, match of the year, story of the year, worst thing of the year, FGC member of the year, content creator slash streamer, commentator, fighting game, player of the year and then we'll do our random select award which is just like whatever we wanted to talk about other than that and then our personal fgc resolutions for this coming year yep there we go there you go okay a little look what we'll be doing today nice so So we'll be endeavoring to make it through each category you know without taking too long because there's a lot of categories here we'll see how effective that will be okay well i prepared a five minute speech for each one of my candidates your well, yes. here's the thing. Here's the thing, too. I mean, we always alternate the order in which we go. Right. So what the first category, what do we want to do? You know, what's the order that we want to do? Tubo, David, me and then David, me, Tubo and then me, Tubo, David and then et cetera, et cetera. Or you, you keep track of that, James, and we'll do whatever order you want. Uh, yeah, that sounds tough. I don't know. Uh, how about we start out <laughs> with nearby birthday boy, Tuboware? All right. Okay, sure. So, what are we? What? What's the first category? What are we? What are we doing here? Category number one. 
Newcomer of the Year. Dun, 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 dun. No, I'm not going to do that for every category. I'm, that's the last time <laughs> please, I'm doing that. That's the please last don't. time I'm doing that. So <laughs> imagine, everybody imagine that this is the Game Awards and we have well, – actually, we'd have trailers going by. Yeah, mind. I know, right? Imagine this is the Game Awards. That's here's, a bit different. Actually, here's our winners actually, for everything. More words than the entire Game, <laughs> game Awards did. <laughs> uh, this is a category that doesn't necessarily mean person. Newcomer can mean game or – phenomenon or whatever it is that you want to talk about yep all right well my third place and we're gonna go over all three of our our picks right yeah but we're gonna do three 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 two 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 one 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 oh so i should go third so just lay them all out there for you is what no. you're telling me no you're no no and don't do that turn and then it's james's turn and then okay that's all right that's what i thought yeah all right anyways <laughs> my third place for newcomer of the year is none other than you guys have definitely never heard of this person ifc yipes as a to yipes mm. has been running the can opener series i don't know if you guys have been able to catch that probably not because you're here watching you know ultra chen tv every tuesday but every tuesday yipes has been uh running the can opener series a online tournament series mostly consisting of uh guilty gear strive but he has had like guest appearances from mvci marvel 3 etc etc um but yeah for the most oh street fighter 5 uh, as well um but for the most part, it's been Guilty Gear, and he's been running a really good show and, you know, commentating. And I, I'm not sure if he's entered them before, but he's been entering online tournaments and stuff, too. So, you know, welcome back, Yipes the Player, I guess. But definitely, you know, my, my third place is, is Yipes the TO. I like it. I like it. Yeah, he's – I mean, that whole stream is hilarious, as, as, it, as it would be. Uh, all right, my number three pick is Saki Sakura, who is Ooh. a really good commentator. Not like she just started last year. She's been doing it, but I feel like this was more of like kind of a breakout year for her. She showed up on some big streams. Uh, I expect and hope that she'll be continuing to show up on big streams in the future. I think that she's really good. She comes from the NRS scene, but has also been doing commentary for uh, Strive and I think Melty and other stuff too. Uh, she was at um, at least one, maybe two biggie events doing that. And yep. again, expecting to see her more often elsewhere. So good work. Cool. Uh, my number three, what a fun way to start the year, is uh, kind of selfish, but uh, my number three newcomer of the year is actually the, the Synchronized podcast that I've been doing with Mike Ooh. and Kitty, actually. It's been a lot of fun doing that, and honestly, just being able to learn a lot about more about KOF and understanding you know, the S&K fandom, uh, the stream has been, I mean, the, the, the audience that we get there all the time. Uh, like the, the little SNK family that we have on stream has just been really pleasant and stuff. So it's just, it's been a lot, it's a good time. And like I said, I really enjoy learning a lot about KOF, learning how to play the game, et cetera, et cetera. So it's been a good time. <laughs> That's my number three. Cool. So David should go first now? No, it's you. We'll no, it's you. Next oh, category. See, you know, this is just this is just way too confusing, guys. Each each we gotta, category, we will start. We with gotta get to, we gotta get this together, this okay? Not, this is we're, we got it. This is, we're together. Oh, no, you is, you're just you're just you, no, you're messing with my brain here. Anyways, my number two newcomer of the year is again someone that hasn't been mentioned yet. Saki Sakura <laughs> is also my nice. number two. Yeah, Saki nice. Saki has been incredible. Uh, Top five commentator in the FGC right now, I think. I think she's super, super talented. 
definitely showed that she has put in tons of work. Um, very impressive. And, and also she, she runs tournaments too. So just, you know, just more, more power to her. Uh, yeah. Saki's great. My number two newcomer, newcomer, quote unquote. Right. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, my number two is Higuchi who again, didn't start (laughs) playing street fighter this year, but this is kind of like a breakout year for him. Yeah, Uh, he's, uh, one of the best street fighter five players in Japan and he's doing it as a really young guy. Historically, the Japanese SF uh, scene hasn't really had like the younger generation. That's only really been in the last couple of years. Uh, and he is one of the most promising members of that. Uh, so congrats to him. He's super, super good. Uh, we'll see him. I believe he's qualified for Capcom Cup. Fire I think he won one of the Japan. Yes, one. he did. So, he so, did. Uh, we'll, we'll see that him. was yeah. one of the biggest things uh, for mm-hmm. the year was that, you know, one of the young players actually qualifying for mm-hmm. the Capcom yep. Cup. So, all right. Was uh, Higuchi one of um, Momochi's students? Was he no. one of those guys? I don't, I don't remember, to be honest. He was he was the player that Tokido practiced against to try to beat Daigo oh. in oh, okay, Mechi okay. 1. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, okay. But yeah, absolutely deserved. Um, I mean, yeah. I wanted to throw him on my list somewhere. Almost had him for player of the year, but uh, didn't quite get him in there. So. Nice. Uh, my number two newcomer of the year is the Street Fighter V dev updates because uh, they started this year, last year, with Dan. And uh, the updates with Nakayama-san and Matsumoto-san, I think, have been some of the best content produced by the, a game develop, the game, you know, one of the game developer companies uh, ever. Like, I love the updates. I love the amount of information they gave us. They give us full, like, we, normally they're, they, in the past, they won't show us anything until the game comes out. We have, like, they yeah. tell us what every V skill does, every V trigger does. They give us a good match, etc., etc. So, uh, I really love those updates. And, you know, I'm hoping that Street Fighter Six just sees this. Like, if they ever get to the point where they, announced that it's happening what a shock um you know and then but like before it comes out they just keep giving us updates here's another look at it here's another look at it here's and then you know here's another character and we're gonna give you all this information about the character and i think that would be sick i i hope they keep going yeah yeah i think they're really cool i agree with you it's a it's a good pick yeah all right my first place for newcomer of the year, you know, I was actually kind of disappointed with James when he picked Synchronize. How dare you have nepotism towards your awards picks? <laughs> and that's why I was unbiased when I selected the Commentator Cup as the best <laughs> newcomer tournament series uh, in the FGC. I, I thought I thought we all did really really great with you know everything on the Commentator Cup, especially given it was our first shot at it. And uh, I'm excited to see what we can do in the future with it. So that was my number one pick. I got to tell you, I think that those UCTV boys nailed that one. They did all right. <laughs> they did all right. I thought they did okay. Uh, my number one newcomer of the year is Skullgirls Season 1. <laughs> <laughs> season 1. Season 1 of Skullgirls is my newcomer of the year. Yeah, I think it's so cool that that game has not only managed to survive, but is is in a fantastically strong state and is getting new characters. Uh, you know, a couple have already come out. There's more that are in the pipeline. Uh, not just because this game is um, you know, approaching a decade old, 
but also because of all the things that happened last year where the devs basically all quit as long as Mike Z was still involved and then went and did their own thing and it all managed to work out. It all managed to work out somehow. And not only did it work out, but like it's going really well. So I, yeah, I'm super cool. happy about that. Okay, cool. Uh, my newcomer of the year, number one, is Guilty Gear Strive. Because <laughs> mm. uh game is awesome and it's really fun and it united a lot of players. His great net code. Uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's changed a lot of what the FGC is doing. I feel like the rollback netcode was such a big key thing for um, for the Japanese devs in general. Because I feel like the success of Guilty Gear Strive and just the explosion of positivity from the netcode is what got us rollback netcode you know, one in Dungeon Fighter, two in KOF 15, and probably everything from, I mean, without that, Blaze Blue Central Fiction probably wouldn't have this official rollback netcode version, etc., etc. So uh, on top of all that, I still think it's a great game. I still think it has a lot of depth. I think it still has a lot of fun. I think they did a great job with, you know, making it very... Um, spectator friendly etc etc so it's my newcomer of the year yeah i mean i don't think that this is the last time that we'll talk about guilty gear strive (laughs) for sure speak for yourself for sure no the snub the tubbo snub all right well there you go there is newcomer of the year want to move on to category number two (laughs) i mean i called it we probably should call it like event like was there an event of the year? <laughs> there were at least a couple of events of the Stuff year. Stuff happened. Yeah. Yes. Things occurred. All right. Oh, man. So, Obviously, I'll start. Oh. Yeah, I mean, like, just look, it's been a rough year. A lot of these categories, honestly, were hard to come up with some uh, with with some stuff because the year has been uh, pretty rough. Uh, event, probably one of them, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens here. So, Correct. Correct. Uh, my number one event of the year. Number was... one? Not number one. Number three. Whatever. The first event that I'm mentioning of the year <laughs> is, the, is the Twitch Rivals events. KI and MKX. That's two events. Whatever, man. Twitch Rivals. All right. And just before this last year began, of course, was the first Twitch Rivals event that uh, happened for the FGC uh, with Marvel. Um, mm-hmm. So that was... Um, a really nice series of events that were run. I really appreciate that. Uh, shout out to everybody who was involved in that. It was uh, a big production, I'm, I'm sure, for all of those. And really fun to watch. Uh, I appreciated that from Twitch's side and, again, from all the actual humans I know who work on that. Uh, seemed like a lot of work, and it went great. You don't know any humans. No! <laughs> you know my- a bunch of Hanzo Gonzo lizards. <laughs> uh, my number three was Red Bull Kumite France. Uh, which took place at the beginning of the year. You know, I, I, again, when I think event, I just automatically think offline. So that's, you know, uh, it's just how my brain worked with this category. So Red Bull France, Red Bull Kumite France was there because it was a fun event. A lot of, uh, you know, it was one of the first offline-ish events, you know, during the course of the year that made things feel a little bit normal again. So, uh, I put that as number three because it was just good to see offline play again at that time. 
All right. All right. Well, my number three is also Red Bull Kumite, but in Las Vegas. <laughs> okay. Fair. I thought I thought I thought the Las Vegas event was the best of the three. Why was there three Kumites last year? Of the three Kumites last year, were there three Kumites last year? There was London. There was London. I've totally memory hold it. Dude, there is, there is Kumite London. If there is France in the beginning of the year, there is also London. Was and then the there one was, I was talking about was London? Am I Maybe talking London, about the London France. one? Is the Europe one? <clears throat> Maybe I'm thinking London there, instead there was, of France. There was maybe, yeah, maybe, but it was definitely okay. London. That's the one that Mr. Crimson won, right? So, was, that London? was London? I believe. Ah, my bad. Okay, Red Bull Kumite. I was London. Gonna say, why was there three? Like, yeah, London. Like a lot. Oh, you thought it was France because Crimson won it? Is no, be- I just thought it was in. Fr- <sighs> you know why? Because all the Red Bull Kumites that we went to, David, were in France. That's true. Okay. And right, so right, I right, just right, I right. just assumed it was in France. So Mystery's never mind. Solved. That's pretty funny. That's okay. Fine. Sorry. All the Red Bull Kumites we've been to. Ugh. I know. I know. Yeah, I know. Basically. Speaking of Red Bull Kumite, my number two, Red Bull Kumite Las Vegas. I mean, basically. All right. Reason. Yeah. I mean, a great, great event. It was cool. Lots of fun there. I didn't go and I wasn't alone in that, but it seemed like it was a great production as it always is. And the play was great and the commentary was fun and, and et cetera. Okay. Um, Make some noise. <laughs> uh, my number two event was Red Bull Kumite Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, no. So, uh, again, same reasons that oh, London, no. London, get it right, boys, London, uh, Red Bull Kumite London was so good. Um, but obviously this one, you know, it, it, what was cool about this was the expansion. Cause if you remember Red Bull Kumite London, you know, had the Guilty Gear exhibit, like Guilty Gear preview stuff. But this one, you know, this was Red Bull Kumite and they ran it not just for Street Fighter, but for Tekken and for Guilty Gear as well. So the Red Bull Kumite definitely growing and, and spanning across games. And I think that's super cool. So that yep. is a. That's where it is. Hey, look, man, I was supposed to go to Red Bull Kumite Vegas, and I didn't. So Red Bull is not paying me anything right now. <laughs> and they're still paying you too much. All right. Get <laughs> us with your Red Bull pick. No Red Bull pick. My number two was CEO. Your number two was two CEO. Is CEO. Okay. 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 My number right. two is CEO, yeah. All right. Wait, you think I'm going to give Jabali a number one pick? Come on, man. Get out of here. Uh, yeah, no, I thought CEO, <laughs> even though I didn't go, even though I wasn't there, uh, the viewer experience was the best I had in an event and longest I can remember. And it just felt like a real FGC weekend. All of Twitter was talking about CEO. People were side betting online and it's, yeah. it, it, it felt like a real FGC event. So, uh, yeah, CEO was, it was a, it was a good weekend. I enjoyed watching it. Well, that's my number one is CEO. And I, Totally agree with all points. That was the first time in a year and a half that I felt like I was really like in a classically FGC weekend. Yeah. Obviously, there have been events other than that. It wasn't the first offline event to come back, but it was so big and and so many good players and the matches were so great. I mean, honestly, some of my favorite matches all year happened at CEO. So it, it was really, really fun. Yeah, and same for me. Number one, CEO, uh, because uh, all the reasons that you mentioned. First time it felt like things were quote normal, 
unquote yeah. in a long time and it was just great to see the audience i mean i loved it for example when the entire puerto rico team was just cheering on mono and going nuts all the fun stuff that was happening with the with the elderly couple in marvel 3 you know people booing yeah. the people beating them and stuff like that so it was just a lot of that in-person stuff that you just don't get anywhere else you know the, even just like the the pop-off uh, uh you know against hotashi where he had to like basically you know uh you know roman cancel drift out of there because uh you know those kind of interactions don't happen online we don't get to see those kind of things and you know ceo made it feel normal again and and it was awesome to see that's that's my For favorite part bit. my favorite part of all fighting game tournaments is the actual human interaction the human emotions and stuff and that's it, it was great to see that again yeah yeah, I, I can't I can't disagree with you there. Sure, hoping the Frosties turns out somewhat like that. Mm. Uh, but CEO was not my number one because Twitch Rivals, starring Tubbleware, presented by Max, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 lives. That was my number one uh, event for the year. Wasn't that... wasn't that last year? That was th that was 2021. That was February. I looked it up. Okay. All right. All right. I had to look it up because I thought it was forever ago too. So, <laughs> so hard to tell. All right. Well, I'm sure you did the research. So good pick. I'm gonna add UMBC three to my. <laughs> and list if not, then levels. you know, Ki. Whatever. I was a star. Of both of them. So <laughs> either way, they're both the best. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Nobody can tell what time anything is these days, so it's all oh, good. It's, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's gonna be mad about that. That's for <sighs> sure. Okay. All right. Cool. Very good. Very good. All Not right. too many choices to choose from in terms of events, but uh, hey, there were some. Let's move on to match of the year. Match of the year. I mean, this is an interesting one because obviously, I feel like there's more matches than ever because there's just so many events out there. Hard to pick a lot of good ones. Uh, my number three, uh, you know, a little bit cheating, kind of two matches here, but um, it was the Marn versus Hotashi and then Hotashi versus Punk. Uh, first to 15s that they played on IFC Ipes' channel um, because that rivalry and then how organic the Punk versus Hotashi happened afterwards uh was great I, I remember tweeting about it that i was just like oh god i haven't felt like this kind of you know rivalry kind of thing in a long time and, and it was really cool and or really funny how organically that all happened with hotashi going oh you know what i'll take on anybody and so punk just jumps on the chat and like i'm going and uh i just think that that was awesome uh and i loved how uh you know i love seeing those kind of rivalries i love seeing uh, people challenge each other like that, and um, that's FGC to me. So, uh, and the fact that it happened so naturally that it just kind of fell into place is what made it great. And the matches were good too, as well. No blowouts. It was fifteen twelve and fifteen eleven, I think it was in the end. So it was uh, good stuff the the entire time. All right, what do you got, Tubbleware? Uh, well, my third best. Well, shouldn't say best. Third favorite of the year is definitely Gobu versus Diaphone <laughs> in the Red Bull Kumite. 
the fact that Golu picked Golu is just a troll and got away with it was just great. I mean, was, was it the troll? I mean, he's. It, 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 I, it, I mean, if you look at his face, I would say, yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would think so. I, I would hope so. I hope that's not his default face. That would be terrifying. Yeah, that's a good pick. Um, my number third is Yu Vega versus Kotaka Shoten in Super mm. Turbo at Kimono Michi. Okay. It's not long okay. ago. It was like very end of the year. Uh, and that was Dictator versus Guile. I played Dictator in that game, if you don't know that, uh, among other characters. But um, I've played a lot of Dictator versus Guile. And unless you're the best, it's a super hard matchup right. for, for Dictator, unless you're the best. Dude. And you, you Vega's the best. And he won it even, I mean, it wasn't a blowout. He went down to the final set. And one of the sets he got smoked in. Uh, so it was a real interesting back and forth one. They both had a lot of interesting decisions made in it, and it was close and it was fun. Dude, I, when I was commentating that, I was just like, uh, you know, this match, like, I feel like it was supposed to be bad for Bison. <laughs> yeah, he did. He made it look like a five-five matchup, and you have to be the best. That's all yeah. there is to it. <laughs> and and literally, literally, Kotaka Shoten dropped the the, the set winning, the, the exhibition mm. winning combo. He dropped the exhibition winning combo and he couldn't recover. And that was yeah. like one of those epic moments of like, this is where the mental stuff comes in. So totally. All right. Uh, my number two happened during the Japan Korea 15 versus 15 that took place at one point in time. And that was Churara versus minus two. Now, I don't know if you guys saw, so Churara is the crazy Kai player who right. dashes up to you and DPs in your face or throws you. Minus two is the Korean, uh, wait, I'm sorry, Churara is the Korean player, I think, and uh, minus two is the Japanese player. Um, shoot, I now I can't even remember. <laughs> I, remember but, I remember it was a Chimera. But yes, so minus two's entire point was okay Churara. Oh, so Churara is the Japanese player. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Okay, so minus two is the Korean player. His whole point was that, you know what? You are a psycho with Kai, so I am gonna be as psycho as possible. And it was the most disrespectful match I have ever seen. Minus two did, did Tiger Knee super meaty against Churata. They had one point where they traded DPs and clashed and one of them got air thrown afterwards. Like they were just DPing everywhere. It was seriously one of the most disrespectful matches I've ever seen. And I loved it. And I loved it because the game allows for that. And the game allowed for that kind of just absolute madness. So uh, I, dude, that like, if what you games haven't... don't allow for that, James? Can you talk about what games don't What games are you talking about? <laughs> if you have the if you haven't seen the match yet, definitely go look it up. That's a Churara, which you're gonna find, I think, as T Y U R A R A uh, versus minus two on YouTube and just watch it and just watch the absolute madness that happens. Alright, well, All right. What number are we on here? Two. We're on two. Uh, oh, yeah. My number two. My number two is 
well, I'm kind of copying James here, but it's Hotashi versus Marn versus uh, Otashi yeah, yeah, yeah. versus Punk versus Otashi versus. That was the 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 hype the hype built around that yeah. just like the natural energy from those those matches and the shit talk was fantastic so uh yeah that was an, another thing that kind of felt like real fgc to me right. that's happened in this very online era uh so that was really cool i, I really really enjoyed watching that and seeing it from three different players perspective because there's Yipe streaming it, Punk streaming it, and Otashi streaming it. And I think Marn might have streamed his set too, but I didn't watch that from his end. So all these different player perspectives all happening at once. It was it was good. It was good to see. I remember that. It was fun that we were all kind of talking about that match. It just was kind of organic. That it wasn't like a lot it of It was like, extremely you know, organic. Yeah. It. it was just like, hey, everybody, like Morpheus is fighting Neo kind of situation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right, cool. My number two is Mono versus Punk, Street Fighter V's Studio <laughs> Grand Finals. Of course, of course. Where, of course, Mono ended up winning the whole thing. It was a really good set, as well as I'm super happy for Mono to have won. It was great in the sense that the first set was a blow-up, where Punk 3-0'd in super fast fashion, and I was like, this is over for sure. And then Mono took total control and blew out Punk after that, although mm-hmm. like with slower Fang style. Um, so that was a really fun one, uh, but yeah, congratulations to Mono for taking CEO. It was cool. What a beast! Yeah, dude. Honestly, after Punk reset the first one, I remember I was in the car with Olaf and we were driving and watching on the phone. After Punk reset it, I was like, "Yeah, this is done." Like, we all were. Everybody yeah, was saying uh-huh. that. like Punk is Punk I is was. just gonna win, and da da da. And then Mono just came back and won. Was it three yeah. in a row at the end there? Yeah, I think it was. It was, it was I, I think it was. 0330, if I recall. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty uh, sure. It and it was, I mean, I was just like, what? <laughs> this definitely a strong pick there. I'm kind of sad I didn't put that one on there. My number one <laughs> actually is Daigo versus Kawano uh, in CPT, with Daigo coming back from the loser's bracket and taking it over Kawano, as, including that ridiculous comeback that he had. Uh, that one round where Kuano did the combo that I thought was going to kill. I, I commentated it. You could hear me going like, oh, he's dead. And then it left Daigo at a pixel. But Kuano had like 70% of his one life. One time you should use your catchphrase. The one time Dude, you yeah, go, oh, I know. he's dead. And, uh, oh, God, that match was ridiculous. And I remember when Daigo won it with the won that round with the back Sobot hitting like the crouching whatever light punch, medium punch that Kawano hit like me and Jeremy like just it. absolutely exploded and fell apart, dude. Like that match was ridiculous. And that was the match that ended up putting Daigo back in the Capcom Cup again. This, I mean, Di- like the story of Daigo with Street Fighter V is honestly one of the most fascinating stories of the past you know five years or so. Seeing of the past year, James, hmm? that, that man, that man was hospitalized with COVID. He was hospitalized with COVID. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, but I mean, just, you know, he started Street Fighter V fairly poorly. You know, <laughs> people were talking about washed up Daigo in the first year of Street Fighter V yeah. and two, uh, first year and two of Street Fighter V. And now to the point where he's basically, everyone's like, nah, Daigo cannot be stopped. So, uh, really, really that much. You know, not only being a great match, but Daigo getting into Capcom Cup, I felt like meant a lot. All right. All right. Well, my number one match of the year 
was Ram Bam taking on his true form as Graham Bam and beating up Tinker in the Marvel 3 tournament at CEO. And for those of you who don't know who Tinker is, Tinker is a very nice elderly lady who is running a <laughs> tournament of her own. Uh, and Ram Bam, a zero player, a very well-known zero player, had no mercy on this poor soul and absolutely Whoa. crushed this old lady 3-0 in the Marvel vs. Capcom tournament. That was my favorite <laughs> match. Way to go, Graham Bam. Uh, we know who you really are. <laughs> no mercy. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, my number one also was at CEO. It was Yadriel L. Punk versus the Mighty Unjust in Mortal Kombat in top eight. Uh, this was another one that was extremely close. It was down to the very final round. And it was after, like, game one, Yadriel blew up Unjust's Jackie, and then Unjust switched and blew up Yadriel in the next couple games, but then Yadriel made this big comeback. Uh, and and he's Puerto Rican, and the whole Puerto Rican scene, like with Mono, was, like, really <laughs> pumping him on. And that part of it was really cool. And he killed with, like, a full-screen KB that he had never tried in the yeah. whole set until the very, very last decision. Uh, it was a really, really good match. And afterward, he popped off, and he's, like, shaking the the ring you know oh, <laughs> so cool so cool it was it was just like a classic fgc moment very cool. dude i mean i feel like your number three should have included a puerto rican player and yours right? your category yeah. should have just been puerto ricans of the year dude <laughs> they killed it at ceo absolutely it. dude and that's that's again really exciting to see so all right fgc is truly a global thing dude that's what mm -hmm. makes it so wonderful so let's do one more category before like what a break or something or uh i mean i guess we don't need to take a break if you yeah, don't want but okay. at, we should, at least we should take a break okay well okay. all right fine we'll take a break but let's do it after this after this yes yeah, yeah, yeah. okay so story of the year coming up next story of the year okay Woo! there we go story of the year tubo you go first with your number three is it my first yes yes it is so my, my number three story is something I think we could all agree upon, and that is the acceptance of rollback netcode as a standard by <laughs> pretty much all fighting game devs. Yeah. Uh, this is something that we've been fighting for for so long, and you know it only took a nation or global-wide pandemic for them to realize, <laughs> oh shit, maybe people should be able to play our games online. Uh, but it happened, and it's been great, and companies have been shoving rollback netcode into their older games and promising it for their future games, and it's been it's been nice to be able to play some fighting games online. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. All right, then it's me. Right? Yes. Okay, cool. So my number three is that I'm happy to be in the mature stages of fighting games. Uh, that is to say, mm -hmm. fighting games towards the end of their lives, uh, as they're not being officially supported anymore, and we can just like play the games and not have to worry about what's going to change. So there's a bunch of games that are like that, or that are like almost there, or that like maybe will be there soon, although we don't really know. So like SF5, maybe there's one more patch, but it's probably not going to be big. The last character's out. MK11 doesn't have any more support in that way. Tekken... Uh, Smash Ultimate is done now. No more characters are coming out. The patches are done. Um, and then there might be a couple of other games, although, again, we are, can't be sure about that. I, I think that's so cool. I really, really like end stages of games like that. Now we just get to, like, figure out all the little minutiae. And while we know a lot about those games because we've been playing them for a long time, now we get to, like, really delve in 
Tubble, you know this too. Don't give me that face. That's exactly what's been happening with Marvel 3 for the past decade. I was, yeah. like, I was giving you that face because you said Minushka. Oh. I was just, yeah, I was just like, <laughs> all right, alone. that's a word choice. Sure. I mean, I mean, all the little stuff. So I, I like that. I'm happy to be in that stage of the game. I know that some people aren't happy about that, that they want like more changes to SF5 or MK11 or whatever game, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm stoked to be there. I think that's a blast. Yeah, and uh, one of the cool things, I mean, that goes right along with your Uvega Kotaka Shoten match, right? Yeah. The only reason why Uvega could win that is because we've delved into the minutia of that game, and he knows that matchup like the back of his hand, and that's the only reason why he can win. And yeah, that's a fun phase of the, the beginning phase where we get to discover everything, and then the end phase where we get to really ref- define everything are like some of the best times of uh, mm-hmm. fighting games. Uh, one thing on your spreadsheet, David, uh, for newcomer of the year, you have yours and mine sweat swapped. Uh, oh, I see. I do. Okay, yeah. cool. I'll do that now. Uh, my number three story of the year. So when I did story of the year, uh, I tried to concentrate a little bit more directly on like the fighting games themselves and, and, and just kind of the, the evolution of fighting games. Uh, my number three story of the year is actually, uh, how much, the developers are starting to be more transparent and communicate with everybody. Now, America's been leading that charge for a long time, right? Let's not, I mean, like, I don't want to make it sound like Iron Galaxy and NRS and such haven't been doing an amazing job with this, you know, all along. But, you know, obviously Japan has been falling behind on that. But, you know, last year, one of the, th- the newcomers of the year that I had was the uh, Dev Roundtable. They did another roundtable earlier this year. But, you know, between the winter, the, the, not the winter, but the, the updates, the Street Fighter V updates that I said that I love so much, the developer backyards that Guilty Gear has been doing, like even the fact that when KOF 15 was at the Tokyo Game Show, Oda and the rest of the developers were like, yeah, Max Mode was too strong in 14, so we're trying to, like, lower, like, you know, these kind of discussions, like, I feel like never really happened before, you know, and... I feel like that because they didn't. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, getting this kind of thing, having, you know, Arxis be like, yeah, we're going to throw rollback in some old games, you know, and, and it's just, it's really cool to see. It's really cool to see. Uh, I, I wish Arxis gave us more information about DNF before the beta, <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> but it didn't detract from how fun that was, how fun that game was in the end. Yeah. So maybe they, they did a good job anyway. Uh, but yeah, I, I love the developer communication that we're getting from ev- from all sides now. And I think that's super cool. And I'm really, really happy about that. All right. Well, uh, my number two story of the year is Pokimane owns Evo. <laughs> I really don't have to say much more about that. It was just... What you know? Is this one of those twenty twenty one things, or you just you just go with it? Because that's a thing. That's a thing now. Yeah. So yeah, Pokemon um, own, technically owning kind of sort of part of Evo is that's a thing. Yeah, that is a thing. <laughs> uh, okay, my number two is the story of people who are playing what they like. So I'm thinking about uh, players who are big Guilty Gear heads but didn't like Strive and kept playing Rev 2 or went back to um, to Plus R 
mm -hmm. or kept playing plus R, I guess, depending on how you think about that. Um, and people did that with other games too. There are a, a bunch of tournaments now in the NRS scene for games like MKX and Injustice 2. Even Injustice 1 and MK9 are getting play in that same way, which I think is fantastic. Uh, there are still big events going on for Super Turbo. We just talked about one a little bit earlier. Third Strike's doing that too. Uh, there was a Kimono Michi uh, with um, with Vampire Savior, and there's there's like all these all these older games that people are still playing. There's no need to move on if you don't like the newer version of your game. Um, Melee's as popular as it's ever been in terms of competitive play, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I love that. I, I, that's exactly what the, what I want to see. I'm happy to see yeah. new stuff. I personally do like new games like Strive, but I'm open to the idea that like in the future, I, maybe I don't like SF6. I don't know. Right? Totally <laughs> possible. Uh, maybe I don't like MK12. Whatever. In that case, I'm going to keep playing the games that I care about. And yeah. I'm really happy to see people actually doing that, continuing to run events for it, continuing to stream for them. That's, that's awesome. The, the retro is building up right now you know with fight kate and all this stuff there's yeah. definitely a lot of people are just playing whatever the hell they want and yeah. kind of goes to where you know tubo was talking about with ifc yipes in the can opener series they did mvci and what that match arena like went insane or something like mm -hmm. the view count was insane because the mvci yeah. players are like yo we in there we playing some mvci and i think that's really yeah. cool so yeah play Play what, yeah, Jalen says it best. Play what you want, play what you love. That's that's like perfect right like, there. UMVC3 still getting some big events. Like, I, I think that's that's all really, really Dude, good. UMVC3 is the main Marvel game right now. I'm sorry. It just, it just is. Like, I don't even consider that retro. Like, that to me is like, it's, just, it's, it's current. It's modern. <laughs> all right. Uh, my number two, same thing as Tubo's number three. Uh, I wrote it down as rollback netcode is winning. <laughs> but uh, basically, you know, the fact that, you know, we, yeah, the developers are all understanding that rollback is where we need to go. You know, Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl has rollback netcode going back and putting it in the blaze blue. Uh, everybody knows that this is where we're supposed to go. Unfortunately, there's a couple of situations where the games didn't come with rollback and we can see kind of the problems of that, right? Like Virtua Fighter Five. there's a game that kind of uh, made a little bit of a comeback this year. Play what you want. But, I mean, unfortunately, it came out at a bad time. It was one week right before Guilty Gear Strive. Uh, but also, without the rollback netcode, the initial boom, I felt like, didn't last as long as it should have been. And, you know, they were, what, was, what did they say? They were going to absorb the netcode or something like that or absorb the delay or whatever. And it just shows that this is not the way to go. Now, obviously, rollback is not a silver bullet. We have situations, for example, like Street Fighter V, like Melty Blood, where the, where the net code isn't as good as it could be. But then Strive has really shown what people, what good rollback net code is all about, so much to the point that even Japanese players during the beta were like, wait, this is what rollback is? I'm on board. <laughs> like, you know, the fact that they had that response, you know, really showed that a lot of people didn't understand and, and now they do. And it's, it's it, you know, nothing but, you know, positive. Like, I can only see good for the future for the FGC as long as we keep sticking with the rollback netcode. All right. My number no, one. Uno. Biggest story... In the FGC this year, 
is uh, some dude named Rick quitting Twitch to join the Evo team <laughs> as the general manager. Uh, I feel like it's a pretty big W for Evo, a uh, pretty big W for the FGC. At the very least, you know, we know that someone that has the FGC's best interest in mind is working Evo now. <laughs> Whereas we didn't necessarily have that reassurance before. Mm -hmm. Even when the cannons came on the show, they made it clear that they were there, but they're not fully there. You know, like they they still have the a hand in what goes, but they're not. They're they're we're making a video game called Project L. Okay, like, <laughs> they're let's busy. Be, let's be serious. Here. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're a bit busy right now. Right. Uh, but with Rick there working that full time, that's that's awesome. That's uh, only good things can come from that, and uh, I'm looking forward to see what happens. Yep. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, I have a very similar number one kind of a combination of a couple of yours, which is just to say that there have been big changes at Evo. I think that's the, I think that's a big story. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, I mean, certainly the sale to RTS, Pokemon being involved, like those are things, but yeah, I think it's absolutely right to point out that Rick being hired there is a big deal, uh, as well as people like um, Chris Eglia and, and Mark Mann still being involved at, with Evo. Very important to note as well, people who have been doing great work for a very long time themselves. So they're assembling a team of really, really strong FGC people in like prominent leadership positions, as well as giving them, well, I hope, I don't know the details, right? But uh, giving them <laughs> enough money, hopefully, to do really good stuff. Um, yeah. So I hope that they are allowed to, in fact, do those things. I mean, we'll see, right? But that that combination of the people who are involved with the potential that they have money to do cool stuff uh, is is definitely exciting. I mean, Evo needs it needs changes. Obviously, it did need changes after what happened the previous year. Um, like it needed changes, but you know, honestly, it's needed changes for a while. So I'm I'm happy to see that that is in fact happening. So we got to go ask Pokemane to make sure that she gives Rick plenty of money and budget to uh, to run the <laughs> to run the event. Money, um, please. Yeah. Uh, my number one story of the year, again, developer communication, rollback netcode. I'm kind of sticking with this little, like a specific theme here for my stories. My number one is betas are good. <laughs> Please, can we keep doing betas? Because, uh, look, Guilty Gear Strive had the beta. Obviously, the lobby's still a problem, you know, but... A lot of problems that were there, it was definitely better by the time we got to the release. Remember, they didn't even take into account seven people standing on one person with their sword out trying to get matches and stuff like that. You know, if it weren't for that beta, that's what we would have gotten on release and things would have been very, very sad, right? Uh, on the opposite side, look at, and again, I don't mean to keep, you know, talking down about it a little bit, but Melty Blood, you know, didn't have the beta. And they definitely had a lot of, uh, like I said, their rollback netcode is not as strong as it should be. Uh, we weren't expecting any KOF betas, but I mean, I, I want to do a special shout outs to honestly how solid the KOF 15 beta was. Uh, you know, every beta comes out, nobody can connect and the servers are down and you just can't play. You can't play. There was zero period of time where the KOF servers were not up. Like everybody well, will usually usually those happen because there's so many people playing right that it crashes the servers mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
So it makes sense the KOF <laughs> didn't run into that. Come on, man. Look, a lot of people were playing the game, okay? Yeah, no, I know they were. Yeah. Your camera actually blurred your own face out just after you were saying <laughs> And another thing, too, I mean, we weren't even expecting a second beta, but they gave us a second beta, and they gave yeah, us all the characters, really and they gave us training mode. Like, they gave us all the stuff that... Uh, that I mean, Two different sets of eight characters, and the second beta, the online code, the net code was actually significantly better. Even to the point where in the first beta, again, to back to the transparency thing that I was talking about, KOF, like the SNK devs, put out that first PDF and literally said, here are the known issues, throws sometimes desync the game. You know, like, they just came out and said it. Like, look, here's some issues. And so, you know, that, it's just really cool. Uh, like I said, uh, Dungeon Fighter, even though we didn't get the information, you know, as much information, but still, the beta for that was amazing and definitely piqued my interest in the game and definitely has gotten me excited for the game. And uh, we got to see how good the net code was in that as well. It's just the betas are so important. And although DNF didn't give us the training mode and stuff like that, I think that that's kind of important because a lot of people actually don't want to go online until they've had a chance to do the training mode. And I think that that's a, a kind of important in a way. Now, obviously, for a lot of us who have been playing fighting games forever, you know, we'll just jump in and be like, what the hell am I supposed to do and figure it out while we're going? Just don't pick the grappler as your first character because he was not a good character to learn DNF <laughs> duel with. Unless you did, David. Of course I, I didn't did. get to play it at yeah. all. That's I, all I played, and I had a blast. And that I character was so... I mean, I had I had two hours before it was going to end. So I didn't have a chance to experiment. So I switched characters, but then uh, I definitely found out a lot of really, really fun stuff. And uh, I really... I Fighting game devs, pay attention. Betas are important. The 98, there's that beta, which and the Blaze Blue beta, which is now just basically an indefinite beta that they're just letting run forever. Does not ruin your game sales. Only gets you better player base. You know, don't think of it as like, oh, people are going to see it and be like, I'm not going to play it anymore, right? I mean, look at Guilty Gear. Look at the development that it went to. Everybody was like, I'm not going to get this because the air dashes suck. And then the next beta, the air dashes were better. You know, like they're... People are paying attention, and the betas help us get through. So even some of the characters in KOF 15 have been balanced already based off of the betas. The TGS Isla was too strong. Yashiro in the first beta was stupid. He had, like, ridiculously long combos, and recently at a, at a different uh, testing site, they noticed that they changed his juggle potential so he can't do ridiculous combos anymore. So really, really important. Cool, man. Sounds right to me. All right, so those are our first four. Newcomer of the year, event of the year, match of the year, and story of the year. We're going to take a short break. <laughs> and when we come back, we're going to do worst of the year, FGC member of the year, and so forth. All right, be right back. Yeah. There you go. Oh, hey, there we go. all right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Tuesday show. I'm, I'm still mad that I have everything written as the 2022 Ultra Chen TV Awards. This is my bad. 
We'll ask Casmer to fix everything in post. No, I'm just kidding. That's not going to happen. Casmer, uh, do it or you're fired. Ultra 10 TV awards. What's that? This is the 2021 awards. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm fixing everything right now because... I guess. <sighs> I don't know. Whatever. This is the 2021 awards, David, for the last year. The year of but 2021. But it's happening in 2022, Tubbleware. Yeah, that's how it works, man. I don't know what to tell you. All right, number five. Uh, speaking of, you know, bad things, the worst of the year. A category which, of course, in a year where there is plenty of things to be the worst of the year. Um, Look, there's a lot of stuff to say here, but you know, I wanted to, we wanted to throw it a little bit earlier in the stream so we can get the negative stuff out of the way and then try to get back to some of the more positive stuff uh, later on. So uh, I think David is this, starting this. This is week. my favorite category. I don't know. You, you can you can have a negative look. I the worst is the best. All right, well, All right, I'm starting it out, and I'm going to be starting it out by talking about we play sponsor one X bet. <laughs> And oh, yeah. in general, uh, maybe what <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was literally an illegal gambling operation, illegal in many countries. Uh, its founders are like wanted wanted men; they're fugitives. Uh, <laughs> and Weplay was working with them, and maybe there was a closer relationship than that between Weplay and One Expet. I've never got confirmation of that either way. Um, so that was a big bummer because it made uh, what seemed. <laughs> Bummer! What a bummer! That was a bummer. That was a, oh boy! It took it took what seemed like a group that was doing good things for the FGC in the sense that like they were spending a lot of money and they paid. Let me tell you, a lot of money to people to go commentate that event, and the <laughs> players got a lot of money and they dropped who knows how much money in doing so, and they put on really great shows, a lot of fun to watch. I'm sure it was fun to go to, and you know that that all blew up. I think probably not entirely just because of that, but maybe also because like they did some weird things with some of the game's properties in terms of like the the they made some characters like dance suggestively or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, those uh the hollow gen characters too. Yeah, yeah. Pro probably not a great call. But anyway, I thought that that was very unfortunate that that ended up imploding in the way that it did. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I just I, I was I was taking money from WePlay. I was writing an article for them like monthly, and I thought that they were doing a lot of good things. And then it turned out that that was the news, and so I didn't want to be involved with that. And I don't think any <laughs> other people did. Oh man, uh, my worst of the year is actually a repeat that I've had from a previous year, and I just kind of want to repeat it again because it's just I, I I leaks. I just I'm I'm tired of leaks in the FGC. I'm tired of leaks in general. Uh, I don't know why people are so obsessed with trying to leak everything all the time, but I think it does kind of make things a little bit less enjoyable. You know, I mean, you know, the the multiverses leak, you know, that came out early was a bummer, right? Like, I'm sure that would have been super hyped to have been revealed at a big event all of a sudden out of nowhere. Like, oh my God, what is this? You know, like, can you imagine if multiverses, like was revealed at CEO, like how hype that kind of would have been and stuff like that, you know? 
Um, but the the way they had to reveal it in the end kind of sucked. You know, for the whole year, we've been doing good about not getting a lot of KOF 15 leaks, but then the very end, it all got leaked, including, like, the potential DLC and all that stuff like that. It's, it's really, really kind of uh, annoying, and I know a lot of, there's people out there that don't mind leaks, but uh, it's... Let's just let people have fun, man. <laughs> that's just all it really comes down to. So, of course, like I said, that's kind of, you know, subjective. Some people like leaks. That's why I have it at my number three, because it's just I'm, something I'm that... with you 100%. Okay. I'm very tired of it. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. I like leaks. You old boomers can suck it. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, my third place, uh, worst of the year, could very well be a first place worst of the year. If it wasn't for first place or second place, both being so toxic and terrible. Okay. Uh, but my third place is all you dirty, nasty, stinky, smelly, going to tournaments, not wearing a fucking mask, motherfuckers. All of you. All of you. How dare you go to an event and pull your mask down? Because you had to wear it to get in there. I know that's a fact. You had to wear it to go to get into CEO. You had to wear it to go to all the Marvel uh, events that Tong ran this year. Why'd you take your mask off, you dirty nat? Like, stop it. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't go to events. Stop it. That's my third worst of the year. Is that you're you're disgusting, all of you. <laughs> Look, I'm on board with this as well. Yeah. A hundred percent. Amen. <laughs> all right, my number two is the Arxis lobby system. Man. <laughs> oh, it's I real bad. I knew that was going to be somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's real bad. And the thing is that like it's always been bad. There's every every time, not it's not just when there's a beta, but it's also like new game comes out lobbies are bad. Even if it had a beta. And this has been happening for how many different games, not just the two that that happened to this year, but forever. I mean, as long as I've been paying attention to and and playing these games. Um, and that is something you would think that like at some point you fix. And I understand that like games are different and the actual connection to make the gameplay work well when two people are playing is maybe a different story, but like the lobby itself, that's bad. They just keep going right back to, and I'm boy, they make some great video games. They make just the worst lobbies, and I wish that they would stop. Also, don't reveal your pixel lobby on April 1st <laughs> or near April 1st. <laughs> don't do that when it's true. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So my number two thing is only tangentially related to fighting games. Uh, but my number two worst of the year is anything and everything having to do with NFTs, because fuck NFTs. <laughs> Seriously, get that shit out of our gaming, get that shit out of our Discord, and did you see that gorilla fighting game? Like, that's like the oh, number one, like that, like seriously, like please stop it. This thing, I mean, even the person who came up with NFTs, the creator of the NFTs has come out on record and said it's a scam. 
Like he's literally said, yeah, this this it's not something that you should invest in. It's a scam. You literally get something, you get a URL link on the blockchain, and then if that server goes down, your URL link is useless. Like yep. the whole thing is just so stupid. And, you know, it's supposed to help artists, but it's only hurting them because people are now making money off of other people's art and they're stealing stuff. And it's just everything about it is a pyramid scheme, a scam, whatever. It's just stop it. Like, I've done a little bit more research into it after my tweet and I get that blockchain is this technology that's kind of interesting, but... Like, don't use it for digital money. Digital money, like, is, like, seriously, like, as a programmer and as somebody just scammed everybody in cryptocurrency NFTs with something called, like, dollar sign year or whatever like that because they found a way to trick the blockchain and all that. Like, don't do it. Don't do it. It's such a bad idea. It's such a bad idea. <laughs> Everybody's favorite part of the physical world is scarcity, right? Let's bring that to the online world. <laughs> is that everybody's favorite thing? The fact that you can't get all the things you want to get? Isn't that, Dude, uh, anyway. I haven't all even right, talked well. about the fact that, you know, all of that, you know, mining stuff is killing the environment and that literally cryptocurrency is designed to get harder and harder to find the coins so that it's like someone said like ff14 like square enix is like we embrace nfts and it's because of cryptocurrency that people couldn't log in because they don't have enough hardware for their servers to serve all the people because all the servers and all the graphics cards and stuff are being taken up by it dude it's ah it's i'm, I'm looking forward to the lakers and kings playing in the crypto.com arena for the next 10 years and crypto.com not existing for five of us so, all right. <laughs> let's, let's move on to the next one. What do we got uh, well, my number two is, I mean, I don't want to say NFT related, but NFTs definitely get brought up. FGC Twitter is my number two worst thing of the year. <laughs> you know, Twitter is like by far my favorite social media platform. I legitimately am probably addicted to Twitter. I love Twitter. I don't know if you guys have noticed, I haven't tweeted in weeks. I just don't want to take part in any of it. Like, I went from getting involved in every FGC, t FGC topic and posting politically a lot to posting about gaming in my stream to just not engaging in anything at all. Like, it just FGC Twitter wore me the fuck down this year. <laughs> you guys are embarrassing. Holy shit. Um... Yeah, FGC Twitter sucked this year, guys. Do better. I'm on board with all of these so far. I've, I un installed Twitter from my phone. I still go on Twitter.com occasionally, but it's not anywhere near like the rate that I used to, and I'm happier. It's a better time. All right, cool. My number one worst thing in the world was um, losing some friendships to absurd conspiracies. Uh, that was really tough for me this year. A couple of people who I've known for a long time, one guy for probably 15 years uh, who comes from like where I come from, um, went into bizarro land, and that is that continues to be upsetting to me. And then another guy who yeah. I've known for about 10 years, uh, known of longer than that, but like known in like a good way for a decade, um, 
said some real mean things to me that were conspiracy related that I am still uh, upset about, even though that was many months ago at this point. So that that's been hard for me. Those are both fighting game dudes. That's the connection here. But um, that was the worst. That was the worst thing that happened. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my worst of the year is just COVID still. <laughs> like, COVID, huh? Yeah. I mean, look, What's we're that, all James. <laughs> yeah. We... Isn't that just a fancy word for the flu? It's so crazy. I mean, the, like you said, it's like, I mean, I oh, I can't stop thinking about what David said about reading uh, literature from the 20s, you know, 1920s and stuff that you just don't, people don't talk about the pandemic around that time because they just, after a while, it's just like they just ignored it and they stopped paying attention and they just treated it like it was a, a factor of life that oh, you catch it, you're going to die. And, you know, like nobody well, even brought it yeah, up. Yeah, but their pandemic ended after two, two years and ours is going real right. strong and we talk about it a lot. Right. Well, the, pro the, the problem they, they with talked about it a bunch, too, but they didn't make as much like popular art about it. Which I'm not sure is really the case in ours, but like the, the point of like it's background and it's constant so you don't need to mention it constantly because it's like the subtext of every conversation anyway right. uh, mm -hmm. it's definitely still still there yeah and 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 even though we do talk about it a lot the problem is half of the conversation is the conspiracy theories half of the conversation yeah. is about the anti-vaxxing about Ugh. the masks ruining our freedoms and stuff like this you know that's the problem i mean the thing about it is like everyone's trying to use omicron as proof that masks don't work the problem is a chain is only as strong as its weakest link if everybody got vaccinated that's how you stop variants from happening right there are no variants of the mumps there are no variants of measles there's no variants of whooping cough or whatever you know else that we've eliminated through vaccines which you have to have in order to go to grade school <laughs> like <laughs> and it's been that way for decades you know and it's just it's frustrating like I it like I my favorite comment recently was ha, boy movies are good at making up stuff and being in fantasy worlds because that movie Contagion the, at the very end of the movie they developed a vaccine and everybody took it <laughs> you know I mean seriously like it's just it's absolutely uh it's I don't know what the hell is happening it's right, so crazy uh, dude uh, definitely stop let's. <laughs> Sorry. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I mean, no, yeah. no, please do. Please do. Please do. Yeah. All right. Okay. What do you got? Double wear. Well, my number one worst thing of the year is, you know, FGC related, obviously. Um, I think it's worse than everything you guys have talked about. Well, not you, David. You actually mentioned this already. The Guilty Gear Strive lobbies <laughs> are the absolute worst thing. Uh, that has happened in the year 2021 to me like i i bro all right so i went on like a fighting game hiatus for a bit i didn't i probably took the longest break i've took from fighting games in 12 years like no joke uh and i came back and i was excited to like i just got in the mood i was like i want to play some guilty gear and i got on and i i i played some guilty gear and it took me about 30 minutes to get three different matches. And I was like, now I know why I stopped playing Guilty Gear. 
I can't just ready up and then an opponent appears. It, it doesn't work that way. And I have no idea why it doesn't work that way. Every other game has worked this way, and it's been perfect since the beginning of, of matchmaking on Xbox Live that I can think of. Like, it's there's nothing wrong with hitting play and getting a match with someone. But somehow, Arxis chose to not do that for, like, nine years now or something like that, <laughs> whenever they first started doing these lobbies. And it, I can't believe it. It upsets me to the point where, like, I don't want to play Guilty Gear because of it. I've been forcing myself to do it anyways because I've really missed playing Guilty Gear. That game is so fun. Uh, but geez, man, those lobbies are just, they're, they're, they're atrocities. I hate them so much. It's like you have to be involved in the least interesting part of a game, right? Like, it's not interesting to walk around and find an opponent. There's so many problems. It's, it's so easy to dodge people. Good use of my time. It's, I don't want to chase people's avatars to get a match. Yeah. People see May on the screen. They don't want to play against me. Like, there's so <laughs> yeah. many problems with it. Also, there's so how, many problems with it. How many times have you been in a lobby in that game or one of the other ones that, that Arxis has, and it's you and one other person in that lobby, and you just want to play each other, and so one of you goes to one of the stations, and the other one goes to another, and you're like, oh, you want you wanted to go to that one? Okay, that's fine. And you both leave those stations, and, and you, you go, yep. yep. You do the do-si-do. -do. It's, it's the worst. I Come mean, on. Honestly, like, I wanted to do weekly online Guilty Gear casual sessions, and I couldn't do it. And it's not, it's, yeah, it's damn near impossible, James. I couldn't do it because I couldn't get people into the same building. Like, it was just like, it was crazy. It's just, just the, like I said, I, I, I know I, I don't hate it as much as everybody else does. I just think it's so poorly implemented. Like they're on the right track, and they just did did it the absolute worst way possible. Like there definitely needs to be more interaction. There definitely needs to be more of that kind of stuff, but not for hunting for matches, not for trying to do the work that the game should be doing for you. You know yes. what I mean? That's that's the main thing right there. Uh, it's you're not like the game is supposed to do the work to match you up, not you, right? Yep. You're not supposed to run around and stuff like that. It's just, it's such a shame. Like I said, I like the idea of it. I like what they were trying to do and they just, they they flubbed it. Like that is a dropped combo if there's any <laughs> dropped combo, so. All right, that's it for worst things of the year. Next one is FGC member of the year. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I start on this one, right? Yeah, it's like, is it my turn? Yes, sure. yes, yes. Okay, okay. I mean, uh, this is interesting. FGC Member of the Year, Content Creator of the Year. It's hard for me to kind of straighten out who goes where and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I just, I, I, I feel this is a weird choice, I feel like, maybe. But, you know, if you need some some uh, convincing, I have a file on my computer called evidence.zip that I can tell you all about why I have this person as my number three. And that is, of course, uh, Leffen, uh, who's actually been doing a lot of cool things for the FGC. I mean, he's kind of a, a major influencer, but, you know, what he did with a lot of the Guilty Gear stuff when it came out and, uh, you know, running a lot of the tournaments, he organized the... 
the uh, you know that the East Coast versus Europe ten v ten. He's also been winning tournaments as well. Uh, and and you know like even for Melty Blood when he played Melty Blood, it made a big difference. Like I feel like Leffen playing Guilty Gear introduced a lot of the Smash players to you know non non platform based fighting games. And uh, I think that's really important. I think he's doing a lot of good things for, for the FGC. And again, I, I, I know that there's a lot of very valid reasons to separate platform fighters and traditional, I guess, you know, non-platform fighters into two separate categories. And they don't like putting them in the same category. But, I mean, I feel like Leffen is one of the strongest, you know, arguments and actually one of the strongest weapons we have in terms of keeping the scenes you know united so uh i put him as number three cool man all right well uh my number three pick couldn't be farther from leffen if you tried uh i don't have a good reason for picking him but i just like this little guy hanzo gonzo <laughs> i hope that uh I hope that he uh, I, Tubo will choose himself. I almost did. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, uh, I hope that Hanzo Gonzo sees us tag him in the tweet and he comes in here to see what I had to say about him. And I, I don't have anything. Carter, fuck you. You're number three. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Nice work. Nice work. <laughs> This little guy, is that what you say? Yeah, I like that little guy. Oh, boy, what a guy, what a guy. All right, uh, my number three is Joe Monday, Super Joe Monday. Yeah, uh, yes, okay. Good pick, he good pick. the online local and Reddit Street Fighter. And he's helped with a bunch of other events this past year, and he's advised on a bunch of stuff. And he made a commentary basics guide that people should check out. By the way, he wrote a book. Like years ago, we talked about it. Geef's Gym. Uh, Geef's Gym. Geef's yeah. Gym. Yes. That uh, is, a, is a real nice uh, sort of exploration of finding in fundamentals, too. So he's done a lot of stuff over many years. And I looked over my previous results for this and I hadn't mentioned him. And I was like, I can't believe I haven't talked about him before. So good work. Yeah. Okay. Also, job, uh, if people haven't watched the online local, the uh, weekly Monday Street Fighter stream that they do. Um, it is a really fun show. They have a really fun time. And they have super high level play. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic level play. Yeah. I mean, I really recommend checking it out. I'm, I'm there most Mondays just kind of like lurking in the background while I'm doing work, but it's a, it's a really, really fun event. Uh, my number two, uh, I feel like it's a crew that actually doesn't get as much credit as they deserve, uh, but it's going to be the visual platform crew, uh, in, AKA the, Guys who are doing basically everything <laughs> in Europe. They're the 10 branch of Europe. I got to get to know them through doing ICFC EU. Uh, this is, of course, Mark, Rich, Umar, Jammers, all those guys. They are the ones who run sets for Capcom fighters, etc., etc. They do a lot of great work out for the EU scene, and I, I feel like people don't know them. I feel like people don't give them credit. Like, they might just be kind of under this branch of 10-0, and, like, it's just kind of nebulous out there. So I, I just wanted to give them a shout-out because, like I said, I made the same mistake as well. I never really thought about, you know, what was going on in the EU as much in terms of production. And uh, having working on IFC, ICFC EU was really, really cool. 
honestly, because I, I got definitely a lot more in touch with the EU scene and just getting to know their players and their people and just everybody that's doing amazing stuff over there. It's been probably uh, one of, you know, the best things that I, that I've gotten involved with during the course of the year. So uh, shout outs to them. Uh, shout outs to the, the visual platform crew. Cool. Uh, well, my number two, I'm pretty sure I probably picked this guy last year too, but uh, my number two is Tong for continuing mm-hmm. to support and push Marvel 3 through the, I mean, through the world, really. He's been working with Japan on tournaments too, but, uh, you know, like through through the, the country, running offline events for Marvel uh, 3 specifically and, you know, giving giving Marvel players something to look forward to. So big ups to Tong. Okay. Yeah. Uh, by the way, totally cool to mention the same person multiple years. No rules. Oh yeah, that, so. absolutely. That's cool. Uh, my number two is Mr. Aquaman, <clears throat> who uh, continues to do a ton of work for the NRS scene. He and his crew uh, are running the Coliseum still, uh, which, by the way, is not just MK11, but they're doing things for all the other games. I was talking about this earlier uh, when I was talking about people playing games that they like. They're doing the the previous games that NRS has put out as well. And, um, you know, he's he's consulted on other stuff. He's still commentating and doing a really great job at that. So he's got a lot of different hands and different things. And I think he's doing a great job on all of them. Good pick. Good pick. Um, what are we on now? Number one? Number one. My number one. Um, definitely excited to give this number this person number one because... This person's going to save all of the fighting game community, save Evo as well. And that is, of course, our Lord and Savior, Pokimane, uh, who... No, I'm kidding. I'm No, seriously. The, the... We have all made this joke. I yeah. absolutely wrote down Pokimane in mine, and then yeah. I was like, well... Okay, I guess I'll change it. But, uh, but I was planning to make the same joke that you just did when it came to my number one. So that couple were probably was too. So, yeah, uh, I sure wasn't. I actually what the my Pokemon already got mentioned. I didn't plan yeah, on mentioning it. Yeah, you already did it. Uh, look, it's Rick Thayer, the Hado. Um, I looked through my. I have not given him FGC Member of the Year because I felt like I already have. And I think, like, mentally, I believed I did. And I looked through all of my old awards, and I have never given him this award. And that just seems like the biggest oversight uh, I possibly could have had. Uh, Rick, not only responsible for getting us Twitch rivals, which, you know, like for the Marvel one, actually got Marvel and Capcom and the creator of Strider on board somehow, you know, like... Uh, Twitch Rivals, he's doing amazing things. And then honestly, like everybody knows how much I I believe in Evo and I believe how important Evo is. It's hard for me not to, having been involved with it for so long, being a major part of it. And after everything that went down in 2019 and then 20, and then this past year in 2021, I mean, let's face it, Evo Online was hmm, to say the best, right? I mean, like... There was definitely a lot of issues with it and stuff. I was very worried. And, like, I can't even tell you, as soon as they announced that Rick was becoming in charge of Evo, I just felt like this weight was lifted off. And I was just like, ah. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't want to put too much pressure on Rick 
because he's not that kind of person who's going to see himself as that kind of person. But man, I've often said about Combo Breaker, if he moved Combo Breaker to Mars, we would all end up buying space shuttle tickets to Mars the next day just to get to Combo Breaker. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, is one of the most valid critiques of Evo is that it has become, you know, uh, increasingly less player oriented you know because like you know none of the stations etc etc and i feel like rick is going to do a lot of stuff to 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 help with that as well so i'm really excited i'm 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 a big believer in what he does so uh i i can only hope for good things from evo all right i totally disagree no it's obviously we're all that guy's gonna <laughs> screw it all up i know yeah. <laughs> Ah, well, my number one is a a bit of a a cheat. Uh, I didn't really pick anyone in particular. I just thought that all the online TOs out there really, really have been holding down the FGC for two years now. So uh, shout outs to all of them. They, They all get my number one pick for FGC member of the year because holy shit, if they weren't doing it, we wouldn't have much of a <laughs> FTC right now. So yeah. thank you so much. All you guys out there running tournaments still. That was my uh, number three last year. Basically I had all the <laughs> online TOs and they are definitely killing it this year too. Yeah. My number one is with that in mind, I thought about saying that as a category and then I was like, well, I'll pick the person who I think has probably done the most work. And that seems like it's spooky to me. Um, so I'm going to go with spooky. Yeah. NLBC okay. is like the, it's like a week long thing every week. Like yeah. And four days out of the week, he's actively running big tournaments. And a lot of people show up to each one of those games. He's commentating like he's, that is a tremendous amount of work. And, and he's supporting a bunch of different games and doing it. And as well as the stream and the people who chat on there. Um, it's a, it, that's very hard work, I'm sure, but very appreciated. Um, so, yeah, you know, absolutely. In, in picking him, right. Not just about him. He's just kind of emblematic of, I think the same thing that you, that you brought up double work because same kind of thing for everybody who's been running regular online tournaments. That's really all we've had some, only a few exceptions. Um, so those, those have been key in keeping the scene going for sure. Yep. Okay. Uh, all right. Number seven, we go to content creator of the year. And it's so funny because honestly, this year, one of the trickiest things about this really is that everybody's taken on so many different roles. So FGC person, content creator, fighting game player, commentator, like, I feel like a lot of people are blurring that line these days. And so, uh, as you should be. Yeah. Uh, so Tubo, you go first with your number three. You know, not going to lie. This is a really generic answer, but can't go wrong with a classic Brian F. He's been killing it basically since the pandemic started. Um, His content is very strong. He has a wide array of things on his YouTube and types of videos. If you want tutorials, if you want tournament play, if you want just, you know, funny clips, he's been doing it all. Brian F is my uh, my number three pick for content creator of FGC of the year. Am I next? Yes. Yeah, David. that would be you. Right. See, you know, you were talking all that shit about me getting confused. <laughs> oh no, it be it'd be your own man sometimes. Uh, all right, my number three is Damascus. 
Uh, he's been running really, really cool events in Europe. Uh, big stuff that he's been, been promoting. It's like every week. Street Fighter, Dragon Ball. Uh, and on top of that, the stuff that he does uh, along with Tyrant for uh, Dragon Ball Fighters, like the official stuff, I think is really great. I've really enjoyed that. Even as somebody who isn't playing or actively paying attention to that game, I've made sure to tune in each time that they do stuff because I really like the format. I like the, the way that they are presenting information and uh, just sort of as, as content in general. I've really appreciated that. So those, those have been really cool for me. I, I catch some of those streams because they're on what I assume is an evening time for him. But for me, it's like I'm at work in the middle of the day. So uh, <laughs> easy for me to be like, I'll take a lunch break and watch some of this. Uh, that's, that's been cool. Okay. Uh, Brian F. was a good pick. I probably should have had him in my list here, uh, but I didn't. Spoilers. Um, because uh, kind of the category, the kind of the, the way that I've been doing it, Brian F. would have fit in here very well. But my number three is Yipes and Chris Matrix, you yeah. know, with their channel. Uh, they're doing great stuff. They're reaching a lot of audience out there. Uh, they're super entertaining, and they've been running all sorts of stuff. So, uh, yeah, Yipes and Chris Matrix, not only just the can opener series, but, you know, they would have the talk show. They have that cool, fancy studio that they have access to and everything. So, you know, uh, Yipes, and, Yipes and Chris Matrix, I think, are killing it out there. So good stuff to them. Dude, the skits that they did for the ECT stuff, <laughs> great work, great work. Those are hilarious. Tubo, oh, you're number two. Turn. Oh, I, I can't turn. believe it. Yeah, it you. is. Oh. My turn. I knew. I knew the whole time. <laughs> and I took I took a couple extra seconds for my second pick of content creator of the year, Sajam. I think uh, I think Sajam's been killing it. And uh, Will It Kill is one of the best programs or shows or I don't know what you want to call it. Program is like what old people call a TV show. It's a program. One of the best <laughs> one of the best programs you'll find. Is uh, Will It Kill by Azir Sajam? Yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I really love I really love Will It Kill, and I'm a big Sajam fan. I, I tune in most days and yeah. troll the chat, but I'm there participating. And uh, yeah, Sajam's great. He makes dope stuff. I highly agree. Uh, my number two is Slayer, uh, mm. the NRS player. Uh, started doing streaming. Uh, full-time like a year ago maybe now something like that not too long ago all things considered compared to some other folks but in the meantime since then he's built a really strong uh stream that has very frequent uh top level play on it like he'll have just like kind of almost impromptu tournaments sometimes with like really top level players and he'll have people who are playing on stream money matches and that kind of thing on his stream so it's a really nice little like meet up to watch stuff that's going on in the NRS scene. And it's funny because like a lot of the times when he's streaming, it's late where he is and he doesn't want to be loud. So he's like, he's like whispering the whole time. He's like, Oh, my, can you believe that was so sick? Oh my God. Like, he's like, you know, he wants to freak out, but like, he can't cause it's awesome. whisper time. Uh, so it's a, it's a really fun. You should use the same cola tech and commentate in the closet. dude. <laughs> I don't know what his deal is. But, yeah. It's cool. uh... Uh, my number two, even though I think he's probably one of the most prolific combo create—I mean, it's not combo creator, content creators in our scene. I feel like he doesn't get credit for being a content creator, and he brings in so many people. He's one of the most entertaining players out there, and he does it all with the greatest of ease. And that is Smug the Beast. 
uh, this guy is putting up content constantly, and you look at his content on his channel, and he just gets boffo numbers of views on all of his videos. And he is, I mean, like, fighting game is a hard thing to stream. Uh, it's hard to be entertaining while playing fighting games. Sure and I don't is. think anybody does it better than Smug the Beast. I mean, when he had that little sequence where... I don't know if you guys saw the clip where he pulled out his belt and just like started like yeah I mean the guy is just he's just comedy genius he he's he's uh he's hilarious and uh <laughs> he, he like I said he brings so many eyes to the FGC needless to say big fan big fan smug the beast All That's right a good one Smug is a good choice I didn't even Without. think of that one it's a strong one well, my number one content creator is a guy who I personally think keeps it super real. Um, definitely one of the bigger personalities in the FGC and for sure one of the best storytellers and funniest people I've probably ever met, Majin Obama. Yeah. Majin Obama is, <laughs> you know... He likes a lot of games that I couldn't care less about, right? He likes a lot of games that I'm not into. I will sit there and listen to any story he wants to tell me about any fighting game scene. I don't care if it's Ultimate Marvel 3 or them fighting herds or fantasy. I'll even listen to a fantasy strike story if Majin Obama's telling it to me. Like, yeah. I just he is he is just what what a personality, what a guy. Um, definitely one of the, our, my favorite guests that we've ever had on the show as well. Yeah. So big ups to Obama, man. I, 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 I love tuning into his stream. It's in, in watching his YouTube stuff. It's great. 100%. Yeah. Uh, my number one, I feel like is the biggest, like hardcore FGC streamer. And that's Sage Um, it among people who are FGC, I guess maybe, you know, Max is huge and Eris is like from the FGC, but maybe not like <laughs> FGC really in terms right. of what he streams nowadays. Uh, but Sageam, it, it's just like a, it's a nice, it's a nice daily thing. I totally agree with you about like specific shows uh, like Will It Kill, but just, you know, the fact that like, you know, he's going to be there every day at the same time. You pop in. Usually I'm just lurking. I rarely, I'm rarely chatting. It's just something that I have on the background, but. Uh, like, it's cool to see that everybody's popped in there and he'll talk a little bit about the news and, and it's, it's a different angle than like, than like we do or other people who talk about FGC news do because it's a daily thing. And we're trying to like collate stories from the week and that means that each thing we usually don't have as much time to talk about. But like, he can really like nail in and like drill in on, on things in a way that um, is really nice. It's really like nice content form. Uh, and then, you know, he's a good player and fun to listen to and uh, it's, fun, it's a fun chat. So... Yeah, I, I, that's my number one. Good work. Okay. My number one might be a little bit controversial here because I know people, it's not one person, and I know that people kind of sick of the thumbnails, but I'm going to give it to the Panda crew. Uh, Panda has really honed together some great content creators out there. I gave Justin uh, a content creator award last year mm -hmm. as well, but he's part of this team. But, I mean, honestly, that Panda group right there, uh, you know, with Justin and Kizzy and, you know, St. Cola, a bunch of guys right there are, are doing a great job. And they've really uh, done a good job, you know, playing the YouTube game. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it's kind of, you know, we don't like the thumbnails or whatever. And Justin's making yeah, tier lists or what. It but it's yeah. really good stuff. And, you know, and like you two, particular shout outs to Panda's uh, member Sejam as well. Because, you know, he really does a good job showing us what life is like in Japan. Uh, when he's recently got his new dog, Leo. It's just adorable. I love I the that interaction. He moved to Texas recently. Is yeah. That the same guy? He moved to yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, it's just, it's it's awesome to see, you know, Sejam doing a lot of stuff on the on the Panda stream as well. So shout outs to, to him. No, of course, I, I mean, I do mean Giuna, and Giuna has been doing a lot of great things for the FGC as well, doing a lot of content. Um, maybe a little controversial for some, but uh, again, I think he's uh, doing a lot of fantastic things and is definitely uh, another one of those people who is bringing a lot of eyes to the FGC. Good work, everybody. Okay, we move on to commentator of the year. Hey. Who starts this? Uh, this would be you starts this at number three. I starts this. Excellent. That's what I thought. <laughs> yes. I was just confirming with you. Uh, uh, all right. Commentator number three uh, is Ringe for me. Yeah. Uh, Ringe has had a really good year of commentating all sorts of different stuff. He's been doing Street Fighter and Gear and... Oh, man, I had a list in my head. There's at least two other things that I've seen him commentate just in this past year. Uh, and that's that's great. It's not easy to do to continue to be like up on each of those things and do it well. Like you know, we'll be. I was commentating with him just recently in CPT, well, end of last year. Uh, and you know, it's it's not like the guys like not paying attention to any one of these games. Like he's rattling off frame data too, uh, and I I think that's really good. Like he's he is a really funny guy, and he's Absolutely. got a great voice. Um, yeah, shout outs to Ringe. I thought I thought he killed it this year. Big ups. Uh... My number three pick, this is probably one of the, the more like selfish kind of just like, hey, uh, this is my experience kind of uh, situations here. But uh, I had mentioned ICFC EU and uh, I've gotten to commentate a lot with C4 uh, recently. And uh, I got to tell you, man, like we like bromance. I don't know if you want to call it that, but we hit it off really well. We gelled really well. He's really knowledgeable. I think he's really funny. He's done a lot of like the big DBFZ tournaments out there and everything. Uh, I've become a huge fan of C4's commentary. And so, uh, like I said, I had a great time commentating with him uh, during all the ICFCs and even a couple of, we did the uh, EU regional guilty gear uh, together and such. And uh, yeah, so uh, C4 is uh, my, uh, I am C4 IQ on Twitter uh, is my number three. Yeah, it's a good pick. Cool. Mm -hmm. Well, my number three pick does not reflect how I actually feel about this commentator because I feel like this commentator is a top flight commentator. Who's going to uh, really blow up over the next couple of years. If, if life is fair, which it isn't always, but if life is fair to this person, they have a bright future in front of them. And that's Saki Sakura. I said earlier today, I, I think yeah. she's a top five talent in the FGC and I absolutely mean it. Um, first time I heard her commentate, I was blown away. Uh, David has a terrible memory, so I don't know if he remembers, but he told me to tune in to ECT, I think it was, and it was Mortal Kombat Top 8, and I was immediately like, who is this commentating? She's incredible. 
Um, <laughs> and pretty much from that moment on, huge, huge Saki Sakura fan. Uh, if she got to do bigger events, which not her fault, the, there's a oh, pandemic yeah. and things aren't happening. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if, you know, tournaments were happening as normal, I, I think she would have got a lot more shine. So if she would have got a bigger event, I definitely would add her as my number one. But for now, with limited experience, right. number three commentator of the year is Saki Sakura. Nice. Sweet. Yeah, very deserved. My number two is Tasty Steve. <laughs> I thought Tasty Steve had a great year, uh, as I do like every year. But I really liked what he did on SFL. I think that was like really what, yeah. what sealed this for me. We've seen him on other stuff too, of course. Like he's doing Tekken. Oh, that, Tekken is what I've seen Ringe on as well. Um, anyway, um, yeah, his, his Steve's Tekken stuff, Gu Guilty Gear, obviously, he's into. Uh, so he's commentating a lot of things. But yeah, I think that like his, his SFL work was like phenomenal. Uh, so good, not just in terms of like calling the action, but and being funny like he always is. But like the chemistry that he had with Vicious, I thought was fantastic too. Yeah. And I, I, that was some some of my favorite commentary in recent times was was right there. So hats off. Okay. Uh, my number two, as I said, things are getting blurred. Things are roles are getting conflated, and so uh, I've definitely thrown some commentators here that probably should have been in the other categories. As David already has, my number two is Mr. Aquaman. <laughs> Ooh, okay. All right. Because not only has he continued doing the commentary and being one of the main commentators for NRS stuff, but the content that he is creating there as well, uh, you know, kind of elevates him to that uh, other level of just doing so much for that scene. Uh, I, I feel like, I mean, when we interviewed him on the stream, I felt like, you know, I didn't want to put him on the spot, but I really do kind of feel like he's kind of like the face of the NRS scene right now. Like he's one of the guys who's really putting, you know, in, in terms of commentary, com, uh, content creation and stuff. I feel like he's sure. one of the, the, the biggest faces of that NRS scene. So I think he's doing wonderful stuff. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He lost a lot of weight. Okay. His face isn't that big. <laughs> yeah, he honestly looks great. He did. Like, he lost a lot dude, of weight. Oh, he looks I'm, great. Dude. It's I'm great. trying to put a little bit more fat on that face right now i'm trying to you know grow his head a little bit you know uh, by telling him how how much he's uh doing amazing stuff so he's my number two cool uh so i guess that's my number two right david yes. started correct mm -hmm. my number two uh commentator of the year is someone uh, a good friend of mine that going through a rough time right now my thoughts are definitely with you isaiah but uh Ibonic plague is my my number two yeah. pick for the year um i thought he absolutely killed it at ceo uh he's been a huge supporter of blaze blue he's been commentating stuff online not only that he's also been competing at a pretty high level too <laughs> um and i don't know if you've ever talked to me as a commentator i am a huge proponent of i think commentators should compete still maybe not at huge events that they're commentating, but they should stay competitive with the games that they play. Um, so I think it's super impressive that Abonic Plague is is able to play at a high level and commentate at an even higher level. So big ups to the homie. Hope things are going well as they can. Yeah. Um, he's been on, I, I know, all of our lists before yeah. in the past. Yeah. Um, obviously continues to be fantastic. And my number one is Vicious. I thought Vicious yeah. had like a fantastic year, and again to talk about uh, what what nailed it for me was the SFL stuff that he and Tasty Steve were doing together. I just thought that that was so good. 
And I have all the same stuff to say about him as I did about Steve, but it's like, Steve, I have, uh, obviously they've both been commentating for a long time, but like I have a conception of Steve as being like the silly guy who has like great one-liners and Vicious, I think did just as good a job as Steve mm-hmm. as at that this year on SFL. Um, his, he was hilarious the whole time. Uh, he had a lot of great quips and one-liners, a lot of good stuff that's like great for B-roll. And at the same time was still as knowledgeable as he always is and like narrates as well as he always does and uh, uses his voice really well. Um, so I, yeah, he was my favorite commentator this year. Uh, I've done a bunch of uh, CPT events with Vicious. Honestly, yeah. he's one of the... I have so much fun commentating with him. Oh, like yeah. it's just it's it's joy. Jeremy it's is absolutely dope. a joy. Yeah. He and I are gonna be doing CPT commentary together this weekend. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Okay. Uh I've definitely had him on my list before in the past as well. Um yep. my number one, again, continuing with the weird blurring of everybody in all across the roles, uh again, is somebody that's been mentioned already, and that's Damascus. Uh, because, you know, what he's been doing for the DBF zine is absolutely fantastic. Not only is a wonderful commentator for it, but, you know, organizing the 10v10 and doing the content with Tyrant and such. And he's, he's just continually on the grind. And so, you know, as a commentator as well, obviously he's amazing. But, you know, just taking it over the edge and doing all the extra stuff as well at the same time. Uh, I have him as my number one because uh, he's been killing it and doing a lot of great things for the FGC uh, all year long. By the way, did you say the DBF zine? And if so, I love it. I did love I it. say that? DBF zine? Did. I, okay, it wasn't on purpose. I, I, I heard DBFZ scene. Oh, well, anyway, I'm going to be saying the DBF zine from forever now. Yeah. So <laughs> right. What do you got, Tumblr? Okay. I... I all right, DBFZ. Um, number one, my number one commentator. All right, so this guy is great. He's been killing it for a couple of years now, super high level. But I also put comma, I guess, after putting giving him the number one spot. And that has nothing to do with his skill or ability. It's more just that shit, he's really working harder than everyone else still, and that's St. Cola. Uh, I think, you you know, James talked about the grind. I don't think we've ever seen a commentary grind quite like what we saw from St. Cola since the pandemic has started, and he doesn't have to do that anymore, and yet he still is. Uh, so that's why it's like, I, I guess it's St. Cola. Like, I can't take it away <laughs> from him. I can't. It's his until until someone... Like dethrones him, I guess, for lack of a better term. St. Cola is going to be my number one pick probably for a while. Yeah. Big ups, Chicago, we the best, et cetera, et cetera. Dude, he Just did to make Sage top eight Street Fighter Five and uh, uh, Guilty Gear Strive right after that at CEO, right. which was hard he's a monster. Yeah. To do. He's a monster. He, he was. I mean, he's, he was been, he's been waking up and doing early morning stuff. Uh, he has been doing that for a long time, but like he did. SFL along with Vicious, uh, JP, SFL JP, right, which you had to yeah. wake up at like mm-hmm. two in the morning for or something wild. Um, so yeah, he's been continuing to grind for sure. Uh, that man goes hard. Yeah, he was my number one last year. Uh, I definitely tend to try to spread the love in commentator of the year. Most of the people mentioned this year I've had at some point in time. So uh, a lot of good, a lot of really, really strong people out there. Oh yeah, it's a good time in the scene for commentary for sure. Okay. Okay, let's move on to the next one. Fighting game of the year. 
Ooh, okay, we're getting Ooh. into the meat of these things here. The the two big categories here. The meat. <laughs> the meat. Uh, I have to go first because that is uh, my turn now. My number three fighting game of the year is, uh, you know, a game that took a while to get its first season, but it's got it. Skullgirls. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, for a, a lot of the same reasons that, you know, David said in his newcomer of the year, you know, having gone through what it did go through, having its main combat designer, you know, uh, no longer on the team for, you know, obvious reasons. Uh, but the game is still going. The game is still rocking. It has its first year of DLC. It was one of the first games to implement GGPO, good net code and everything. And so, you know, yeah, it's been around for a while, but uh, this game is a game that is still ticking. It is still growing and the fan base is rabid. And, you know, thanks to the pandemic, I think a lot more people discovered the game as well. And so, you know, I, I see bright things for Skullgirls uh, in the future. So um, hard to say that about a game that's, what, 10 years old now? You know, <laughs> it's it's been a while, around for a while, but definitely yeah, uh, like 2011. Yeah. Game of the year for uh, number three game of the year for me. Cool. All right. Well, number three for me is a game that I mean, it didn't get its first season or its first iteration uh, this year. But I'd argue it's probably the first time you can actually play it online, and that's Blaze Brew Central Fiction. <laughs> nice. Yes. Big ups, big ups to BBCF for getting yeah. rollback netcode. Uh, that game is—I'm just gonna say—way too hard for me. Never gonna try <laughs> to play it at a high level. Uh, but it is super fun to watch, it and is. that's because of the incredible, incredible amount of skill it takes to play that game at the highest level. So, yeah, super happy for Blaze Blue fans. That's awesome. I like that. That's very nice. My number three is Mortal Kombat 11. Yes. I had a blast. This is the fighting game that I played the most in 2021. was MK11. Uh, and in a year that doesn't have uh, like a pro tour for it, but also like a lot of games don't have pro tours, uh, the community had to come together and really make it happen. And they did. They've been doing, they've been killing it. The whole community has been killing it. You're totally right to bring up Aquaman as like a main guy in this, but mm -hmm. the the whole scene has been running a ton of tournaments. There was one a period where it was like ah, multiple, dead game, dude. multiple tournaments literally every <laughs> night. Uh, like there were a couple of situations I can recall where like Tweety had to not just Tweety, I can think of a few others who who had to like pull out of one tournament because they got farther in another tournament than they thought that they were going to, or like a <laughs> like there's just so much going on in the scene. And that was that was great. That was great like, to see. So I, like, I I love the game, but I also think that it's still in a really good place. Yeah, it's like the the Marn Hotashi thing where they were playing in two grand finals in the same day. Uh, there's right. two Italian players who play like Guilty Gear like three days in a row, dude. It's crazy the time yeah, that yeah, we're in right now, dude. It's crazy. Ugh. Uh, my number two uh, game of the year, um, despite the fact that rollback is king right now, uh, this game seems to, you know, the, the fans of it are huge and they're doing a great job keeping it going strong. It's one of the reasons why I put Damascus as number one commentator of the year. Uh, Dragon Ball Fighters is actually going to be my number two game of the year because it had some, you know, again, that 10v10 France versus EU 
thing was really hype and shout outs to Damascus, you know, for kind of spearheading that after that first, you know, time France beat US and he's like, France is the best, we'll beat anyone, Japan, whatever. And then everybody in the US was like, nah, we didn't have our real players. And they, and on top of all that too, they just got a new character announced, right? <laughs> they actually just had well. a... Yeah, I mean, uh, Android New. Labco Android Twenty One. That's right? debatable. So funny. So funny. Yeah. The name is yeah. so great. Labco. <laughs> Labco. But not only that, but they just announced that new things are still coming in twenty twenty two. So yeah. uh, who knows what that's going to be? Probably not going to be rollback netcode. But you they know, rollback. I ain't coming back. Yeah, but again, I'm just I'm I'm happy for the game. I'm happy for the game. I'm happy for their scene. I'm glad yeah. that they're doing, you know, continuing to, to to strive hard to 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 make the to make the game, you know, uh, still exciting and still hype. And you know, honestly, that ten v ten I think was one of the coolest things because you know me, I love my regional rivalries, and so I think that was really cool that they pulled that off a ten v ten of U.S. and France all offline <laughs> in a pandemic is amazing. And it was a good match. Yeah. All right. Your number two, Tubo. My number two, well, my number two, it was uh, really hard for me to put this game there, to be honest. Um, I know what it is. I I feel like it was, is one of the most influential fighting games out there. Uh, I feel like definitely one of the hypest games Mm, as a spectator you'll ever see. No, I'm not sure and that's that. Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 is my <laughs> okay, right. number two <laughs> game of of the year. Very close to taking the number one spot, but, you know, other games need to take the spotlight sometimes. No, I think that's a very deserving game. The way that it's, like, really charged back over the last year or so has been amazing. It's a great game. Everyone Good should job, play it. My number two is a game that has... Man, I would not have put this as my number two in year one. Or eh, maybe I did, actually. I actually don't remember. But I, anyway, it's gotten a lot better <laughs> over the years, and it's Street Fighter V. Of course, yeah. Street Fighter V. I really love where the game is right now. I think this is the best that it, it's ever been, and it's officially my favorite Street Fighter game. Um, that's something that I'm, like, open to changing. Like, I'm not going to be sad about that, but uh, or set about that. But for now, that's my view. Even my more than Street Third Fighter Strike, game. huh? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, okay. I, I think it's super, super good. And I'm having a blast with it. And the scene is extremely active. And then that's in a great place. And like I was saying earlier, and this is the case with MK as well, the game is basically done with development. Like, again, maybe there's another patch coming, but it's probably not super substantial, even if so. So we're basically playing the final game. And that means that we get to really delve into all the little, <laughs> the little minutia and like really figure out like the small details of matchups in ways that I said it again on purpose too well mm-hmm. yeah i love i love it it's the best yeah thank you um i i love that kind of end game as i was saying earlier and street fighter fives there okay uh my number one probably not a surprise to anybody uh same thing as my newcomer of the year which is guilty gear strive again yeah, obviously this is our number one for all of us can we all just go yeah can we yeah, all go ahead and say uh, guilty I, gear strive yeah we're yeah. all gonna have to give our our love story we we all know Guilty Gear Shy of Fighting Game of the Year, yeah. hands down. For sure. Yeah, did a lot of great things. And really, not just in terms of gameplay and stuff, but one of the biggest game changers for the scene, 
especially with the high quality rollback net code. I almost put Zynac as one of my FGC members of the year because uh, he's definitely has an all, uh, honorable mention because, you know, obviously he helped a lot with that rollback net code and stuff. But I mean, this game has really united people from all sorts of different scenes, had some of the most hype events, uh, you know, exhibitions during the course of the year. And like I said, its effect on on the on the state of rollback netcode and its proliferation cannot be overstated. I love that it was such a melting pot of all mm -hmm. sorts of different scenes. That's one of my favorite things when games can get that. Yeah. That's not that common. There's only been a few examples of that in recent years of games that really bring in like a lot of the subgenres, but this one really did that. And that's been really fun for me to watch. Like it's cool to see people who don't even really pay attention to the game, but being like Oh, this guy, I play NRS games, so this guy I have to support. Or like, oh, I play Street yeah. Fighter, so this guy I have to support. Or whatever. Like, that's, that's fun. Show off, cool. you know, from the NRS scene and stuff. Yeah. Just killing it and everything. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm honestly, like, I know a lot of people love watching Sejam play that game. And, you know, I still think it's one of the most visually casual-friendly fighting games out there. And I, I, I don't think that's a coincidence that people enjoy watching Sejam play that game so much. Because... You know, the, people want to make fun of the counter word or the combo meters or the wall splats or, you know, dude, it's it makes the game just feel so visceral and it's it's wonderful. I love it. I love cool. it. Yeah. No doubt. Okay. okay. Player of the year. Ooh. Player of the year. So uh, this one back to Tubo starting for number three. Well, there's no surprise here. I uh, may have picked a couple of Marvel players. And the first one <laughs> is Jabril. Jabril mm. basically dominated Marvel 3 all year, uh, both in online tournaments, terrorizing from the East Coast to the West Coast. He didn't care where he was. He was entering. Uh, and then when, when there was offline events, he won the majority of those as well. So... Yeah, it's my my number three player that rear is Jabril, just for terrorizing the entire Marvel versus Capcom scene. It's really cool that that's that he's that he's gotten like that. I that, I respect that. That's so cool. I mean, dude, he's such a good fighting game player in general too. For like sure. he's he he was very strong in Street Fighter Five when he played it. Anything anything he tries out, he's immediately strong. Like he's just he's one of those guys that could play any fighting game he wanted to. He just chooses to play Marvel Three, and that's a pretty damn good choice. <laughs> uh, now it's my turn, right? Yes. It is your turn. Umehara Daigo is my number three player of the year. What? Washed up. Well, Washed up veterans <laughs> like Chady yeah. K. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, by the way, that was more than 10 years ago now that that happened. Uh, Daigo. Yeah, I mean, and that is, uh, not just that he is a great player still and is obviously still one of the best Street Fighter players in the world, but also that his stream's going great, and that's really important to being like player of the year, I think. So I, that's great. But I mean, the biggest reason I feel is that the man had COVID and was hospitalized for it and came back in such an impressive way. Um, that was a tough period. Like when he had that, when he was in the, when he posted up the picture that he had like 104 fever and nobody knew how he was doing. And there were like a couple of weeks there where there just wasn't that much information coming out about it. And it was, it was concerning, you know? I mean, that would be. Anyway, I don't need to speculate on that, but I'm really yeah. glad that he ended up being okay. And that would have been a timeline I wanted no part of. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, 
I have a lot of honorable mentions here. I guess I'll mention them all at the end, so no spoilers or anything like mm. that. But um, uh, number three, I actually gave um, Christy C.H. I feel like this has been such a breakout year for him. Uh, he's always been that player who's just like right there on the cusp. He was one of those gatekeeper players. And uh, this year, I mean, Intel Open, qualifying for Capcom Cup, his run at Red Bull Kumite, dude. And even even the whole thing of him doing the, the tearing up of the pictures, you know, like was, was so like I heard the story that he was suggested that, you know, since he was a soccer player, that he should run out and throw so uh, rose petals. And like Sakura pedals out, and uh, apparently it was Filipino man who was like, "Nah, we're doing something different." <laughs> and you know that moment of him running out and ripping all the pictures and then doing it for Brian F was such a career-defining moment for him. And like I, to go on top of all the gameplay that he's doing, um, just I, I I'm looking so forward to seeing him continue the strong play, you know, and representing west coast street fighter <laughs> as well uh chris cch number three for me all right well my number two is uh david will be a fan of this one we talked about him earlier this guy is a low tier hero he finally did it <laughs> winning with fang at ceo mono is my my number two player of the yeah. year uh, i don't need to go too in depth we've already talked about it but you know, winning a major with Fang is pretty fucking cool. So, way to go, Mono. <laughs> Woo! Happy times. My number two is Tweety, uh, who I felt what, had overall the strongest year in the NRS scene. He started it off by kind of being slow and, like, not playing too much. And then he rediscovered his love for playing and has just been killing it ever since. Uh, he got to grand finals or won a whole bunch of the majors, uh, obviously the online MKPK stuff. And he has had a bunch of days where like he wins multiple tournaments in a row, like on the same day, multiple tournaments, um, including not just in MKX, but like or in MK11, but like he'll win MK11 and then also in Justice 2. And then he'll be like one of the best in MKX. Uh, so it's just I, I, I think he's had an extremely strong year. Um, and on top of that, I think he's a. He's a really good follow on Twitter uh, if you're somebody who's into NRS games. He's got a really good mindset, I think, for approaching the game and uh, sort of like thinking about not just the game, but um, competition in general. So, well, How does he feel about anti-airs in Mortal Kombat 11? <laughs> he's, he's, he's a very reasonable guy about it, dude. He's, he's not right. one of the guys who's like, he doesn't think that they exist. <laughs> he's definitely not like that. Nice. Uh, my number... My number two player of the year, I mean, kind of following, like if I'm talking about Chris CCH, incredible run at Red Bull Vegas, getting into CPT and Capcom Cup and stuff, it would be unfair of me not to put this player above him, and that would be Mr. Crimson, uh, who took Red Bull London, who also qualified for CPT, and is showing every, I mean, in a, in a, in a land where there are a lot of strong dalsums out there, to be able to almost kind of definitively say that you're the best dalsum out there, that's terrifying. And, you know, that run wasn't even just anything. I mean, again, <laughs> I know Punk hates, hates it when people use him as a measure of, like, success by beating him, but, you know, Mr. Crimson did defeat Punk as well at that Red Bull uh, Kumite London. So, um, 
just really great year for him and really happy for him. And one of the mem- most memorable scenes for me is when he did win Red Bull Kumite and he got flooded by all the French players there. You know, you had Kayane and, you know, a Damascus running up and everybody just swarming him. Uh, similar to Mono winning CEO and having yeah, all yeah, the, yeah. the Puerto Ricans, you know, cheer him on. So One of these years, that, that wrestling ring is going to break. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I know. For right? sure, that thing is going to break one of these years. <laughs> so uh, Mr. Crimson is my uh, number two. All right. Well, I guess that leaves me with my number one. That's and right. Like James was saying earlier, some of the – Categories can kind of blend together. And I almost actually put this person as my FGC member of the year. Uh, But I figured, you know what? I think they really proved themselves as a player in particular this year. And that's Jason Game Dev. (laughs) I think think Jason Game Dev uh, showing himself, not only pretty much everyone, how to set up servers to play Marvel 3, uh, he also showed that you can learn to get good at the game through Parsec, which is, you know, a lot of people are just happy to be able to play Marvel 3 online in any sort of playable fashion. And he went, you know, like to the next level and went from a competent player to a top tier player over the course of about a year, grinding and playing with literally everyone he could, me included, uh, on on his path to becoming great, playing on Parsec. Marvel 3. So, yeah, I, I, Jason is my, my player of the year. And winning CEO, right? He took third. He took, he took third. third. Oh, okay, okay. But that was, was. that was the first time he's ever broke into a top eight right, in, yeah, in a major. Okay, okay. So, yeah, Jason Jason's the man. Are you sure he wasn't second? My, my bug and might have been. It might have been second. It might have been second. Okay. It might have been yeah. second. Uh, <laughs> all right. My number one, James talking about him, it's Mr. Crimson. Ah, Mr. Crimson. Yeah. Shout out to Dalsum. He's taking this poor, underdeveloped, underpowered <laughs> character in Dalsum. Oh, what a tough life. And he's managing to win with him. Um, he's, a, he's a very smart player. And look, it, this, it, he's been a top player in other games, too. It's not just Street Fighter V. Um, and he's also done it not just in the past with Dalsum, but with Laura. Um, so I, he's a really, really good player. Yeah. This year, yeah, you mentioned him beating Punk. He also had to beat Idom to take that. That's right, um, yeah. So he, beat, he beat maybe two... Certainly two of the best players in the world, but like maybe the two best players in the world. That was Capcom Cup Grand Finals last time there was an in-person Capcom Cup and he beat them both. So I, I think he's an extremely good player and he's in Capcom Cup. So. Dalsums hate Laura matchup, don't they? Or is... Listen, I mean, man, Dalsums hate existence, okay? Dalsums can be <laughs> the best player or the best character clearly in a game and Dalsum players will find a way to complain and that's just a fact. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> All right. There you go. Uh, my number one player of the year uh, might be a surprise to a lot of people. Uh, my number one player of the year is Yasha from France, uh, the Dragon Ball Fighters player uh, who has basically cemented himself as probably the best player in the world, maybe. Uh, not only... Sure looked like it against America. Yeah. So not only... Did he, was he the key factor in winning that, uh, I get, it was 12v12, people were correcting me in the chat, 12v12, he, by winning the last four games to win that, uh, including defeating Sonic Fox in that run. Yeah. 
but he also defeated Wawa in the Dragon Ball Finals, uh, coming from loser's bracket, winning six games in a row. And I think it was like 3-2 and then 3-0. And he, I mean, Wawa, people know him as one of the best Dragon Ball players out there as well. And uh, Yasha, you know, being able to accomplish that was uh, amazing. And so, again, like in a year where, you know, pandemic and, and, you know, lockdown felt like it should have, you know, crippled a lot of these games without rollback netcode. You know, I was really happy with, you know, how the DBF zine scene. I did it again. The DBF zine. The DBF zine. <laughs> the DBF zine, uh, you know, was able to, you know, survive through this. And I think Yasha really shined and really showed his strength as perhaps the strongest player. So much to the point that I think it was even Sonic Fox who said that, yeah, Yasha is so good that nobody in Japan could probably beat him either. And so Yasha is my player of the year. That's cool. awesome. Cool. All right, there we go for players of the year. So that's the end of our official, like, real awards. <laughs> and the next one is going to be the random select award, which is just kind of other stuff you want to get off your chest. So what else? What other things that didn't really fade into something else do you want to mention? Okay. Uh, David, and, you start this one. Indeed. And my, I thought about putting this in worst, but I didn't think that that was right, really. And that's that I don't really feel like we tackled our problems that led to the big blowups that we had last year. Uh, that is to say, the big blowups that were stemming from um, uh, treating minors badly, sexual assault, uh, racism, all that sort of stuff, bigotry in general. I don't really feel like we tackled that stuff. Uh, we got rid of some of the people who did some of those things, which is positive. But we also let a bunch of stuff continue to slide. And we didn't, you know, make any sort of broad changes. I don't see anything that's, like, actually changed. So that's been okay as we've been online. Nobody's in person. Well, rarely are we in person. Right. And so those problems just haven't really had a chance to raise themselves and be apparent but in 2022 i mean we'll be at frosty's airplane willing you know <laughs> we'll we'll be we'll be going to stuff uh it's coming back and i hope that things will be okay but i also like don't really see that things have structurally changed so i'm i'm a bit worried about that i wish that we had changed stuff but that's really hard to do um and having been involved in some of the efforts to make those changes there's a lot of resistance, not just from people who are resistant to change in general or who are the jerks themselves, which are few, um, but more often just like it's just hard. It's just there's a lot of inertia and it's hard to reach everybody and have discussions with everybody. And it's I don't know. I don't think a lot of it is is like intentionally not trying to make changes. It's just like it's hard to change things. And that requires a lot of sustained pressure. And we just didn't really have that. So I, I hope that things will be OK. But I don't know. Okay. Uh, my number three, um, random select, because again, this is random, completely random. So my number three is my freaking hair. What the hell should I do to this thing, dude? Like, I don't even know what to do with it anymore. I don't know if I should James. cut it, if I should James. save it. I'm going to be honest. 
when David had long hair and he was like, I'm going to cut it. I was like, you're a fool. You're an idiot. Don't do it. You look great with long hair. And then he cut it. And I was like, holy shit, I was so wrong. And right now, right now, James, I feel like, don't cut it. Don't do it. You'd be crazy. But I know for a fact, if you got a decent haircut, I'd be like, holy shit, James looks great. Right. I mean, that's the so thing. I, is- I think you should cut it realistically as much as I like how it looks now. Yeah. The craziest thing about it is it's like, one, I'm too old to have this much hair. So I kind of like being able to prove that I can have this much hair at my age. Uh, but you the, got honestly, the proof, though. It's, it's I haven't there, done anything it. to it. I haven't even like cleaned it. Like this is literally over two years. Okay, what I mean is like touch it up, touch it up. You know what I oh, mean? Okay. Like touch it up. It's like you didn't shampoo for two years. No, 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 no. I mean, like honestly, like I haven't. <laughs> I haven't. No trims. No yeah, trims. no trims. Nothing. And this is literally two years worth of hair that's just been growing out like this. And I'm just wondering if it's time to finally you donate do something it, man. to with it. Yeah, you should I, donate it. You that's a good idea, it. actually. I, I'm just not sure what to do with it, to be honest with you. I kind of want to just go to a, a hairstylist and be like, do whatever you want. Or bring a picture of Robin show from the Mortal Kombat movie, you know, Liu Kang, and just say, like, make me look like this, you know? <laughs> James. Don't do that one. That's, okay. that's okay. <laughs> Don't do that one. I agree with that. Okay. In my opinion, the coolest that you've ever looked that I've seen is your like top knot look. Yeah, like, with the it. samurai hair up there. I love yeah, it. I think yeah. that's cool. But it, it, you should probably get it touched up at least. Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. Probably for the best, at least to do that. Yeah. I vote donate it all. Shave your head. Start over. Give it Jesus. to someone in need. Give it to someone <laughs> in need. <laughs> <laughs> I vote you donate it. By the way, that's what I do when I go to my hairstylist. I just show up and I'm like, what do you want to do with this thing? And she's like, I don't know. How about this? And I'm like, I used yep. to do pretty much the same. As her, so. <laughs> she's great, though. Before, before it left. Uh, yeah. So I guess for my, my, my first random select is this isn't even necessarily a good thing. It's more like what took you so goddamn long? And that's a uh, big ups to Nintendo for finally acknowledging Melee exists, I guess. <laughs> like, I... I, I mean, it's cool, I think. I don't know. We'll see. But I don't know. Thanks for finally acknowledging that this game is a game that people play competitively. And maybe you should show a little support because you could probably make a lot of money, you know, putting it on modern consoles, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, cool. Thanks, Nintendo, for finally showing up. <laughs> uh, all right. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, my second one is the power of taking a break. I took a break Boom. from playing fighting games this year for quite a while. So As, did I. Yeah, you were saying so, earlier yeah. that that was like the longest break that you've taken from fighting games. I think it's it's certainly one of my longest. I don't know if it's the longest, but like it's up there definitely because it was several months. And I so I maybe March or so maybe April, I didn't play anything until Strive came out. And then I was really just playing Strive because, like, all my buddies were playing it, and I wanted to play games with you guys. And I liked the game. Like, that wasn't, I wasn't opposed to playing the game, but I, wasn't, I didn't have the drive. And if my friends weren't playing it, I probably wouldn't have played it either because um, I just was taking this long break. And then it wasn't until, I don't know, like, honestly, September, maybe October, that I started playing again. And that is a really long time for me to not be playing fighting games. So that was... I didn't want to force myself to start playing again. I was still actively watching and like engaging with games, just not 
competing, well, not playing competitively myself. Sure. And I felt like that was a really good thing for me. Like I used that time to play other games, take my mind off things, refocus on other stuff that I, I hadn't been focusing on, not just games, but other things too. And then when I did come back, I was like really motivated and really having a blast playing games that I really care about. And um, that, you know, I feel like I missed some stuff. Uh, if I could go back, I'd probably spend a little bit more time playing Melty. But like that was, again, kind of during that time um, when I wasn't playing anything. And, uh, and I, I just didn't want to force myself. I feel like that was the right call for me. Okay. Uh, my number two. Sorry, I'm busy petting a cat over here. Um, my number two, uh, I didn't know where to put this. And so that's where random select goes. I kind of wanted to put this in match of the year or whatever like that. But I really wanted to just mention, because this is just endlessly entertaining to me, and it's going to be a record that I don't think will ever be broken in a fighting game tournament history, is uh, Joe Young Ho's run at the CPT China. Uh, he was the Chun-Li player that got second place. And in top 16, throughout the entire top 16, he played 19 matches versus Urien and zero matches against that. anybody else. I remember that, yeah. He played 19 matches against Urien and zero matches against any other character. It was so brutal and i like to me just to even have that happen in a game as balanced as street fighter 5 you know it's not like okay you're gonna run into nothing but no. msp you know all day but like that actually happened and he got I second in the place. eye of the beholder james and clearly in that region they did not believe the game was balanced all right <laughs> no. they clearly believe that is the best in that game <laughs> Oh, man, but he got second place, dude. And he fell short only at the very end of the last year. And I don't know, like, to me, that's just, like, it's such a weird thing and just such a funny occurrence that I just had to find a place to mention it somewhere. And that's what Random Select is for. So there you go. What was the name of the player? Uh, Joe Young Ho, J-O-E-Y-A-N-G-H-O. Thank you. Yeah. All right, well, my number two is uh, not super fighting game related by any means, but uh, this person is one of the reasons I became, or I got involved in competitive gaming. I, you know, got involved in esports. This person is one of the reasons why we've all been paid to do commentary at any level. Uh, that's John freaking Madden. Big ups to John <laughs> Madden. Rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure EA probably would have made a football game without John Madden, but who knows if it would have got as popular without him on the cover. Uh, and actually, funny, quick story. Uh, originally, the first Madden game was going to be 7-on-7 seven seven football, and they were consulting John Madden. He said, absolutely not. It has to be 11-on-11 11 11 real football. Uh, so he is the reason that we have a football game the way it is today, which, you know, Madden sucks right now, but whatever. Big up <laughs> to John Madden for not only doing that, but also being a, a pioneer in sports commentary. Uh, definitely brought a unique style, you know, every single Sunday and, and Monday, whether you liked him or not, um, was was 100% uh, 
uh, original and entertaining and you know, it's sad that he's gone. And so suddenly, I shouldn't say suddenly. I mean, he was 85, but I don't think any of us thought he was sick by any means. So right. sucks to see him go, but big ups to John Madden. I hear that. My number one random select award is, again, something that I thought about putting in worst, but there was like a lot of gnarly stuff this year. So <laughs> this is the, just the constant stops and starts I'm tired of. When COVID was... Not just yeah, new, dude. but like the first half year of it, maybe even long, the first nine months of it, it was just the world, and I didn't have any expectation that it would change anytime soon. I just, I knew I wasn't going to see anybody. I knew I wasn't going to do anything. Okay, bummer, but like there's certainty at least in that. I knew it was happening. And then around when in the US we began to get vaccinated, I, I got optimistic, and I went to go travel to see family and I was like, oh, we'll get to hit. Maybe there's going to be like big tournaments in fall. Totally plausible. We can yep. do that again. I and remember then, those times. Yeah, that was about June-ish, I would say. June, maybe early July. It didn't even last that long. It was like a month of optimism. And then uh, Delta hit and, you know, all that in the trash. Um, and then now, as Omicron is hitting big time, and uh, I read earlier today is literally the fastest spreading virus in human history of all time of all time. Yeah. According to an historian of epidemics, it's the fastest spreading virus of humanity's existence ever. I mean, in part because we're globalized in the way that like didn't happen for 99% of humanity's existence. So, okay. But within that context, it's the fastest spreading. So who knows? Again, we're planning all to go to Frosty's. Like, will I make it there? I'm going to go we'll to the find airport. Out. I don't know. There's so many flights being canceled. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and this, this who knows? Like, maybe maybe we get COVID. Who knows? Very plausible. <laughs> yep. uh, I'll be I'll be masking or double masking the whole time. And I got uh, some I mean, N95s for all three of us. So. Oh, that's fair. I have some too. But thank yeah, you. same oh, same cool. here. Yeah. Oh well, I'll have some extras then. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> great that you have some extras. I mean, that's that's good planning. Anyway, it's just this like stopping and starting. And if it was like one or the other. Uh, those are easier to handle, I think, than like having more positive expectations and then, uh-oh, it's bad news again. <laughs> so um, I'm going to try to deal with this year without expectations, but we'll see. We'll see if that's Yeah, possible. we'll see. Yeah, I mean, James, I really want to go to Frosty Faustings, but it's like, it's, it's kind of scary at this point. So, um... But uh, my number one, uh, I talked about it before, and, you know, I've basically never really played SNK games before at all, and it's really, uh, my random select award is just, you know, how fun and how cool the KOF 15 beta really was. Uh, I really had a lot of fun with that. It helps that I had a roommate to play offline matches with, but at the same time, labbing it, learning it, figuring out what the game is about. And, you know, it's a game that, you know, as I'm playing it, I'm enjoying a lot because it feels like an old school game. It feels like a game that's not afraid to have sweeps be stupidly broken and like moves that have no right to be safe on block be safe on block. You know, it's fast paced. It's, it's, and the beta never went down. Like I said, like I just, I like before the beta, I tweeted out expect the beta to be down for like 50% of the time because that just happens and it didn't. 
And uh, I just, I, I really enjoyed the game. I had a good time. I found characters that I really liked. Like, I'm actually eager for the game to come out because I want to keep playing Isla uh, in the game because mm. she's super interesting. She's very cool. not KOF, like, out of all the characters. She kind of plays a different game. And a lot I love of the KOF. KOF so much, and my favorite character is the one that doesn't feel <laughs> <Right>. like KOF. <laughs> no, but, I mean, it's fascinating because a lot of the people out there have said that, and, you know, it's cool that they're you know, getting into like, you know, more of the archetypes that way. But it's also just been fun to learn about the game, learn about the history of KOF. And I mean, I'm still confused because there's so many goddamn KOF games out there. There's so many characters that I can't keep them all straight and everything. I keep getting them mixed up. But it's, it's just, you know, it's kind of similar to, you know, when I was trying to learn Tekken. And then I started to understand what Tekken was about. And when I tried to learn Soul Calibur, and now I found out I really love Soul Calibur. And I, I'm just like, why haven't I played this game this whole time? It's funny that as being as long in, as I have in the fighting game community, you know, my experience with a lot of other franchises is pretty small. You know, I didn't play any Tekken or Soul Calibur or KOF up to this point, And discovering these, you know, games is a lot of fun especially because 15 still plays like a lot of old kof games and i think that's cool so that's my random select award well i'm kind of glad that i'm the last one because i feel like this is a perfect random select award to end the night with and i just wanted to give an award to everyone that we've had on the show as a guest mm. um since we started having weekly guests because we don't pay these people to come on our show, guys. We, <laughs> we ask for their time, and usually it's me scrambling like the night before or the morning of trying to find anyone to fill a spot. And, you know, people often step up and just come on the show and have a great time with us. So I just appreciate everyone that, that you know, has done that. So thanks, guys, for coming on the show and making it more interesting. It's been really, really cool to get know more to get to know more about people who I've in some cases yeah. known for a long time, but like didn't really know how they necessarily got into things or how they view situations or you know what their thoughts are, are about interesting topics that we get to in the show. So it's gotten it's not just that I think it's interesting. It's also mm -hmm. um, it's been nice to just like get to know more about people who I who I know. Also, sometimes it's just an excuse to shoot the shit with old friends. <laughs> and that's good, too. Yeah. Okay. So thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, everybody. Yeah, no, totally. All right. We got one more thing here, and that is our personal FGC resolutions yeah. for the year 2022. I start on this one, I think. Yes. Okay. Number 12. I start. My number three is to... Uh, actually make Manta 2015 sweat in Soul Calibur because that guy just destroys me and absolutely murders me with any character he plays. He's been playing the game for so long, his fundamentals are so strong and mine are not, and he drives me absolutely up the wall. He just blew me up like 12 to 1 yesterday at the Ooh. end of the night and everything, and he is, uh, he is a demon to say the least. And uh, my resolution this year is to get to a point where I can actually get him worried and maybe have to try to think when he plays against me. <laughs> what, who's the player? I missed it. 
uh, uh, Manta 2015. He's a Voldo player. So that also gives you, if you know anything about Voldo players, yeah. gives you an indication of how he likes to play as well. If he can kill yeah. you with one move just because he can, he will. Uh, it's like the Blanca kind of players out there. You know, yeah. there's just this troll status that just you get into. So... Uh, he is my, I mean, he blows me up with Killick mirrors, dude. Like I know he's using, he barely used my Killick ever before and he's destroying me. So, you know, he, I'm going to make him sweat one of these days. I swear that's to God, cool, I, will I make think it's awesome that you have this, uh, this like competitive, um, <laughs> Uh, fire yeah, go get good, James. Dude, <laughs> seriously, dude. Fuck. Like, I mean, uh, seriously, I've been playing the game like once a week for like over a year, and it's honestly not enough, but you know. Time to I, play twice a week, but Yeah, right. I know. Seriously. Oof. All right. Uh, well, I'll be honest. I thought we were only going to do one resolution. Okay. So I came with one resolution, and okay. that's just <laughs> to run another commentator cup. Okay. Yeah. That seems a that's foregone it. conclusion. <laughs> yeah, that'll probably happen. I mean, that's that's kind of associated with my number two resolution as well. So, uh, David, what's your number two resolution? My number three resolution. Oh, is... number three. You haven't done your number three. You're right. You're right. You're right. Nope. Continue working on Splitbox and commentary book and other long-term projects. Yeah, hurry but, up and make my Splitbox already. But part of what I want to say about this is I was looking back and, and noticing that uh, some of these have been my resolutions for like three years in a row. These are ongoing projects, and that's part of what I like about them. I don't, I don't want to view them as being done, or at least not anytime soon, because I don't think that they will be. Instead, it's like I want to let myself understand and like accept that it, they're ongoing things, rather than there's like a deadline to them in a way that like needs to be concrete. And that yeah, yeah no and listen I love that for you I think that's great for you yeah thanks man oh, where's my split box goddamn it it's up here it's up here baby <laughs> golly <laughs> that really is part of why I like them it's just like the ongoing like tinkering I really like tinkering and I don't know if I'll ever be done tinkering I'm sure I'll get to a place where I can like give you a physical split box like the, all right just I'm just sure stay away from uh gra be done. stay away from Gram Bam if you like tinkering right so I mean that's Whoop. that's that's a it's a dangerous thing. <laughs> funny because Grand Bam is actually a hitbox player, so <laughs> <laughs> it all loops together. Mm. Uh, James, is that it for your uh, number three? Number okay, three. my number two, very related to what Tubo was saying, because it's part of it. Uh, I want to try to give out as much money as uh, via via Matcherino as I can this year. I mean, you I, I, just when you saw the end of the year stats that everybody was posting up just recently and seeing how much money was actually given away and i was just like why am i not helping people get more money <laughs> like uh so try to run more events i mean you know we've talked about this on synchronize you know once once the game comes out we don't we can't speculate on who's coming up showing up in the game so we'll probably try to run some tournaments and stuff uh doing more commentator cup of course the show you can scrimmage, we can't give out money because, you know, we don't want people coming in there and, uh, you know, smurfing their way to yeah, cash and stuff yeah, like that. Exactly. But, you know, uh, just other means. If we don't want anyone to infiltrate the bracket. <laughs> oh, ho, ho. nice. Okay. All right. Ooh, Your big old smile. Yeah, uh -huh, exactly. Um, 
but you know, honestly, Matcherino is such a wonderful service, and I want to be able to have a nice summary at the end to say that we gave out you know some good money to players out there who deserve it. So uh, that's my number two resolution. Okay, David. Abura wants to run another commentator cup. Uh, <laughs> sure do. <laughs> All right, my number two is, as I was saying in the last one, is to try to work on not having set expectations for a timeline in coming back. So if it's the case that I do make it to Frosties, I hope that that works out. I'm not. I'm gonna try not to feel like that's the we're all back and this is set now kind of feeling. Instead, I just want to like enjoy that event and think, well, it could be gone tomorrow. I don't know, but I'll enjoy this while I have it. Or if instead I don't make it to Frosties, then I don't want to view it as like, oh, the year's going to be awful and we're all going to be isolated again because that could change. It could change quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, we just It's just really, really hard to predict. I really hope that Combo Breaker will happen. I'll just all, all the events, right? Show, Texas Showdown, all the stuff. There's only a couple things that have actually officially announced. That's one of them. I hope I'll be able to go to that stuff. I'm also not going to... I'm going to try not to build expectations for myself about what will happen and what won't happen. Mm-hmm. Easier said than done, maybe, but that is yeah. one of my goals for this year. <laughs> okay. Um, my number one resolution... It's funny because I have these listed as personal FGC resolutions, and this really kind of has nothing to do with the FGC. Uh, my personal resolution... My number one resolution this year is to play a lot more tetris uh honestly last year i said i was gonna max out as one of my resolutions and i never did uh i barely ever played nes tetris uh of course it's the the whole face of that game has changed with the rolling technique and stuff so might have been good that i did it because i might have to learn that but even right now like i've been going nuts with perfecting my ST stacking for 150 marathons. I'm trying to get myself to Grandmaster in TGM uh, 1, which I feel like I'm just right there. It's not. I, I just don't even feel like it's going to take me that much longer to get there at, at this point. But uh, I just want to keep playing Tetris because one of the hardest things about streaming for me, you know, every year I say stream more, stream more, and I never do. Uh, streaming is hard, especially streaming fighting games. It's especially when you're as self-conscious as I am as well, uh, playing fighting games and losing and sucking (laughs) at fighting games is kind of rough. Uh, Tetris is a different feeling for me because I know I'm good at Tetris, you know, to, to borrow the words from tuba where at Tetris, I know I'm fucking nice. Right. So, you know, like. I, it, it, it's a different feeling for me when I stream it. And I feel like if it's easy for me to start a stream to play Tetris, I'm like, I'm going to stream some Tetris. And then I just do it. And if I can get myself used to having that feeling with streaming, because streaming is hard for an introvert. And then at the same time, when you think you're going to suck at a fighting game, it makes it even that much harder to stream. If I can just get myself used to hitting that start button that will probably also lead to me streaming more fighting games as well. So uh, I just want to play as much Tetris, and I, I feel more connected to the game and more like my talent is is even getting stronger in the game. So I've just been playing a ton of it recently, and I'm just loving like every every minute of it. So I'm going to try to play a lot more Tetris this uh, this year. Cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. 
My number one is a pretty concrete one. It's a pretty clear goal, and that is to make it out of pools at a major in yeah. <laughs> the game that I'm playing. This is a goal that I set for myself in 2020. That specifically was either make it out of pools at a major or make it top four at a local, because the local that I was playing at was a really, really strong one with players who have done you know, one big tournaments in the past. Some of the best players in U.S. history were playing there. And then I did get fourth place like within a month and a half of doing that. So I decided that my uh, the other half of that I would want to do as well, make it out of pools at a major. First major I had scheduled to come back to was Combo Breaker. You guys know what happened in 2020, and that didn't happen. So now that I can enter some majors... Well, they happen, I don't know. But I can enter some majors. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try to make it out of pools. So I've been... I, <laughs> I, uh, I made this whole spreadsheet for myself that I love the kind that I did back in the day when I was actually competing, which is like a kind of keeping track of the time that I spend uh, in playing fighting games. And it's got a whole notes section to it. And it's like each time I play, I want to have a specific goal in mind for what I'm going to do that session. Is this a training session? Is this a have fun session? Or is this a specific skill building section? You know, what are all the things that you can do? And um, I've been doing that for the last few nights. It's only the 4th of January. So it's a, it's a relatively new thing. Like I said, I've been playing again the last couple of months. But like in terms of a more uh, focused way of playing, I've just started to do that. And I don't know, you know, I, I'm playing MK11, MK11 and SF5 in that way. I'm open to making changes on that. I really like DNF Duel. Maybe I'll play that game seriously. I, that's totally plausible to well, me. It becomes a PC. I, absolutely. And I mean, even if not, I'm playing MK mostly on PS4, so that's that's okay for me. Um, well, I don't have one of those I know anymore. you don't have one. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> for me, that's okay. Uh, or maybe that's KOF or or whatever. Like I'm I'm open to other games as well, and I just I just want to I want to be playing more seriously. So talked about Frosties. I entered MK at Frosties. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> I'm not actually scheduled to commentate MK at Frosties, so I didn't. And I didn't you're wanna, Street Fighter coward. Uh, well, I'm I'm not in part because uh, I I sort of want to have separate focuses on these things. So I don't have like pretensions that I would make top eight in Street Fighter or whatever that like I would, you know, need to be um, playing rather than commentating, like give up one of my commentary blocks. I'm, that's not why. It's just I'd, I want to have set focuses. So for Street Fighter, my focus will be commentary. I'll be going into the event with that f- mindset. And for Mortal, I'm going into the event with the mindset of playing. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's my goal. Um, Tubboard is giving me a stink eye. Is that because... Yeah. Mortal at Frosties is going to be such a cutthroat competition. Uh, no, I'm not judging you by that. I'll judge you if you count that as getting out of pools, because there's like 30 players, so there is there's no pool. <laughs> no You've pool. already made top 32, man. <laughs> I can't. That doesn't count, homie. No, that does not count. That does not count. Uh, no, I'm not judging just, you for that. Just, I'm I judging because wanna... I, I want to see you play Honda and tournament and make people real mad that's why i'm judging you <laughs> i just want to see people get salty losing ultra david that's all anyway that's my goal that's what i'm shooting for <laughs> this year we'll see all right well there you go we did that's, it that's the 20 20- oh, wait did we do all james's 20? that's it yeah i was number one first which is the yeah i screwed up the order because i only had one so 
Oh, I see what happened here. Yeah, I wrote down yeah, James yeah, you third. Wrote down, you put words. down Tubaware to play more Tetris. Yeah, so. Okay, I, cool. That is a goal of me. I'll, I'll play one game of Tetris, and it's more than I played <laughs> ever, probably. Oh, man. Am I, I think... going to be going Bone, bone Picker? I'm mostly playing Robocop these days, to be honest. Oh, dang. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Oh man. Anyway, there you go. There's the Ultra Chen Awards, year in review, etc. James, can you put the doc up on screen just as we're kind of wrapping it up here so yeah, people can absolutely. take a look at what the final results all were? No, you have to go watch the archive on YouTube and listen so, to the whole thing. So, yep, yeah, there we go. We got newcomer of the year, uh event of the year, match story, etc., etc. And what we've got here, um, again, I mean, it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting year. Obviously, it's going to be a struggle as well this year. Um, it's not going to be any easier than the past two years. Uh, as somebody explained in the land of memes, uh, this year is pronounced 2022 as in 2020 as well. <laughs> So, you know, uh, we're not out of any of this by any means, but, you know, hopefully we can actually, you know, figure out a way to make this all work. And, uh, yeah, uh, hopefully we get a lot of cool things happening this year. Hmm. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, it is a 2021 awards, guys. 2021 is the award show that we're doing right now, not 2022. All right, everybody. <laughs> I can edit the doc. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, we did it. Go. That's the show. Yeah, that's it. And you know what? We basically kept to the same timetable that we usually do. So good work, everybody. Yeah, no, pretty good. Awesome, Thanks to everybody for watching. Uh, boy, season number 11. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Here it yeah. is. And, We're doing and, it. And you know, honestly, uh, if you guys in the comments, in, in YouTube comments and such, you know, if you guys let us know some more of the stuff that you'd like to see on the Tuesday show, right? I mean, obviously, we're ever trying to expand and, you know, do cooler things and stuff. So let us know, you know, what your favorite parts are, what you would like to see more of, what would you like to see us do at all, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So. More wizards. No. More wizards. <laughs> no more wizards in 2022. We're done. We're done with anything involving a wizard it. is not getting brought up in the show <laughs> unless your name is Doctor Strange. All right. That's okay. it. Oh, Ooh, multiverse. They said it might be three hours long. Are you hyped, Tubo? I have so many things to say about that movie, James, that we can talk about it off the air. Okay. <laughs> that's all I'll say. Yeah. All right. That's all I'll say about that movie cool. right now. Cool. All, all right, right, everybody. Guys. Thanks a lot. Thank have you guys night. for watching. Take care. And I uh, hope you all had a wonderful New Year's and holiday season. And we'll see you next week. Peace.